Indian and cowboy, indigenous, independent, and listener-supported, rooted firmly at the intersection between digital media, podcasting, and indigenous storytelling. Maybe have more gas later. We're rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep those doggies rolling right. Cut them out. Cut them out. <laughs> hold it up. Hold it up. Dancing into Tamtek. Welcome to Otbem Sua Squarewalk. Kids are guessing off Metis in space. 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 We are your hosts, Chelsea Vald, Nitsigasan. Molly Swain, Sigasan. Mantusakaiganik Nitotsen. Otusquanik Nitotsen. Yeah. Tawal Tawal. Clink. 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 Yes. Tastes so good. So, finally got Molly. How, how long have we known each other? Six years? Something like that? Yeah, 2014. For freaking ever. Finally got Molly to watch my favorite movie of all time. The Blues Brothers. Yep. Les Frères Bleu. I just, I, I never... Les Frères Bleu. I never thought Molly would watch it because there's so many car crashes. There's so many car crashes. Yeah. But it's all cops. It is. It is all cops. It's, it's all cops and like Nazis and shit. Every I mean, car crash is I a actually, victory for justice. I actually was kind of surprised. I thought I was going to be way more stressed out by it, but that I wasn't at all. I think it's and because it was the cops. I think. I think part of that, and also it's just so cartoonish. It is. It's like, hilarious. Just, yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, can we also? Okay, so this is part two of our coronavirus special series, which is we watch each other's favorite movies. Uh, part one, if you missed it, was we watched Jesus Christ Superstar, which is my favorite movie. Mm. And may I just say, I feel slightly vindicated. <laughs> Because both of our favorite movies are religious musicals. What are the chances? Okay, it literally took me this viewing to realize the truth of what Molly just said. Because I never really considered this to be a musical, but it is. It's obviously. Okay, now I get it. Like there's there's choreography. Yes. There's song breaks. Like and by breaks, like total breaks from reality in order to create the environment for a song. Aretha Franklin is fucking in it. Oh, there's so many. Yeah, we'll go through the cast, but. But yeah, it's more like a Disney musical where there's like stuff that happens in between and then songs. Whereas Jesus Christ Superstar was more it's like all song. just straight up. Yeah, I wonder. There's probably a term for that because I mean a lot mm. of musicals mm. are like that where they have you we know, have theater dialogue and stuff in between. But there's probably like theater people out there right now who are just like hating us because they're like yeah. it's obviously this yeah. you fools. This is this is the pure musical mm. and this is the, the blah, 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 hybrid blah. musical and this is the whatever. Yeah, and then they're going to be like, well, actually, you know, the Blues Brothers, well, it seems to initially be this kind of musical. She has her douchebag face look on right now. <laughs> and now I'm about to and drink just, my douchebag wine. Just okay, let's talk delicious. about the douchebag wine, actually, first, and then we'll do the synopsis. Mm. So, uh, we chose a delicious Dirty Laundry Cabernet Merlot. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 2014, actually. Wow, that is <gasps> ancient times now. That's also when we met. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I didn't even notice that when be, I picked it. See, okay, because here's the thing, is mm-hmm. I was like... Let's get the one with the fake tattoos yep. because blues is cool mm-hmm. and 
fake tattoos are cool or slash tattoos in general are cool. And I was like, that could be the theme. But then you subconsciously were drawn to the dirty laundry wine. I guess. I guess. And that's part of the reason. Also because apparently their suits are very dirty and they smell bad. But anyway, <laughs> my well, mind is and they also right they also have a bunch of dirty laundry. That's true. You, you know? As, yeah. Yes. Uh, as a metaphor. Okay. Let's read this. During the gold rush era, hated already. Mm. Oh, God. Our town's laundry seemed innocent enough. What? What little, is that? What? <laughs> little did anyone know of the naughty business that went on behind the scenes. What? Did we not read this when no, we bought we it? No. Perhaps. <laughs> we were just like dirty laundry. <laughs> perhaps it is best that we keep this little known part of Summerland history hush hush. It probably is for the best. Just wait. Just wait. Look deep into her spellbinding eyes. Mm. She is enchanting and ripe with experience. Who? Is this like. Who? I, I don't Whose know. eyes? I think. The wine's t- eyes? I think they're talking about the wine. We have and to look into the wine's eyes. We have to look into... Did you look into its eyes? No. Okay, I'm going to try. Okay. What oh. do you see? What do you see? I see... Is she a, enchanting? A liquid. And ripe with experience? Enthralled by her complexity. I don't want to drink it anymore. This is bold. <laughs> this is in bold. You are always left yearning for more. An unforgettable wine. Like, can we get a job writing this stuff? Because I think we would this do This is like a very job. free romance book. I know. I know. It's great. It's great. Yeah. I think um, I think somebody should hire us to write the just the, the backstory for these wines. Yeah. Like that is I think that is possibly the most florid <laughs> one we've ever encountered, but we could get more florid. We than totally that. could do more than that. Yeah. Do you have any sort of like kind of vaguely disgusting, erotic like a need for a vaguely disgusting erotic description for your wine? Call us. Yeah, we'll do it. Available. Mm-hmm. This turgid and gorged wine <laughs> with sweat dripping down the side of its face caress its manly abs wow run your hands across its hard muscly glutamus maximus as you drink its fulsome salty essence essence <laughs> oh, jesus christ Christ. Okay. Anyway, but it is pretty um, good wine. Wow. It's All good that being wine. said, I'm it, enjoying am I, it. Am I turned on by it? No. No, I'm actually like very, I'm actually like turned off by yeah, it. Yeah, that was, that that was, was, that was disgusting. Nasty. But uh, yes. Also, wine doesn't have eyes. <laughs> but apparently it has an ass, so it's fine. I am so impressed by your free romance novel, uh, what do you, like just freestyle there. Okay. Thank you. So the synopsis for this, uh, this film, this Yes, yes, resistance. De resistance. Jake it's Blues. Maitre Duve. Oh my god. I, I, I guess one thing can't be that, but whatever. <laughs> it's really good. Jake Blues, just released from prison, puts together his old band to save the Catholic orphanage where he and his blood brother Elwood were raised. It is a tale of redemption. A it tale is. as old as time. Indeed. A song as old as wine, <laughs> to quote another musical. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get, let's get started with your first impressions. Okay. So I haven't seen the Blues Brothers. Please don't tell my grandmother (laughs) because having seen it, I know that she would like be absolutely appalled that I had not seen it before this time. Good, good. Um, uh, but yeah, I had, I had no idea. I, I, I didn't realize they were actually literally brothers. I didn't realize that their names, their name was Blues. They were literally, like, their name, last name is Blues. I had no idea. I thought it was just, I don't know what I thought. I knew that it was, like, the way you described it previously and the way that your husband described it actually was, he was like, it's sort of kind of a musical. And you were like, it's not a musical. And I was like, okay, so it's going to be sort of kind of a musical. It's like how I redefine things 
to not be sandwiches because I hate yeah. sandwiches. So yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I really had no idea. Yeah. I was I was just kind of like, it's these two guys who are into the blues, and they like my thought was they probably wanted to start a blues band, ah, yes. but they like were just these like white schlubs who you know loved the blues, but like probably weren't that talented, and mm-hmm. maybe they got a shot, and people just love the fact that they love the blues. Yeah. That is not at all. No, it's no. movies about. Yeah, this started off as a as a Saturday Night Live skit. Um, you know, they Dan Aykroyd and, and John Belushi uh, would just dress up in all black with black hats and sunglasses and sing blues songs. And Dan Aykroyd is actually a really really good harmonica player. Yeah, and they, they, both, they were and both they, great, fantastic singers. I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And dancers also. They had some some sweet moves. They had some sweet moves. So it, it was basically like I I feel like. They got to do kind of, you know, they just had a bunch of money thrown at them. Yeah. They were like, just put together. It, it's kind of like the Métis in Space graphic novel. It's yeah. like, just like, here's money. Yeah. And just be ridiculous and put up, put together a story. Yeah. Apparently Dan Aykroyd like wrote the script, but yes. like us had never done it before. He'd never written a film script. Like say somebody comes up and they're like, Métis in Space, let's make it a movie. Yeah. And so we are like, oh yeah. And so we yeah. put together a script. Dan Aykroyd and basically gonna did that. And there's going to be 45 cop cars piled on top of each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he, like, wrote something. It's just, like, an 800-page, like, opus or something. That's amazing. That John Landis, <laughs> the director, had to, like, rewrite in two weeks to make, yeah. like, work into a film. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you can kind of tell, like, the there's sort of... One of the things that got me about it the, the whole way through is I was like, there's a world behind this. Yeah. That... And I don't know if they go into that world in Saturday Night Live or what but like it, it made the movie more real because mm-hmm, it, do, mm-hmm. it really did seem like you know these two just sort of you know like they're they're down and out but they're also just they, they're scammers they're, they're scammers, scammers and they're they're honorary matey yes i yeah. i feel comfortable mm-hmm. naming them honorary matey yeah i was Absolutely. i was really feeling super like scammers relatable in that moment so i i love how this this starts off because now that i'm admitting and, and I'm not just admitting to you, dear viewer, listener. Uh, I'm finally just, like, admitting to myself that this is a musical. I really, like, you might find it ridiculous, but I really had not been in that place previously. No. And anyway. also, you really, like, not only had you not been in that place, but you really had decided that you hated musicals, <laughs> which is the funniest part of this whole thing. And you're like, no, I don't like musicals. I'm not watching Jesus Christ Superstar with you, even though we've lived together for three years, because... I don't like musicals and I know nothing about Jesus. Then your favorite fucking movie apparently is well rated. <laughs> I think the Vatican described this movie as like very Catholic, which is hilarious because my favorite movie mm-hmm. was described as very anti-Catholic, which is like literally the about church. the life of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So and that's the other most hilarious part of this oh, is not only is ironic. it a religious musical, but it's out of the two of us, your religious musical <laughs> is the more like widely mainstream, That's so bizarre, happily accepted religious musical. I feel so let down. I feel like there are more things on heaven in heaven and earth. Like I'm, I'm one of the I'm one of the people that didn't know that the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was religious until somebody told me. Well, I mean, you wouldn't. You know, you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Why would you? Anyway, we've yeah. we've already gone through that. But okay, so this film starts off in complete silence. Yeah, for like a long time. For a really long time, which I really love. There's no music at all. So we're, we open to the dirty, like, industrial part of Chicago. And this is like a, you know, they, they describe this as like a, like a love poem, like a, an ode to Chicago. So it's all like... Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. They really, like, this film huh. is very... A lot of, the, a lot of the, um, the references in it and everything, like, it was filmed mostly... Chicago had to, like, create its own film board for this movie. Wow. Yes. And since then has become, like, sort of, like, 
you know, quite a few movies. Or mm. anyway, it just sort of kicked that off. And so it's totally quiet. It's gross. It's dystopic. Yeah, this, it's like this urban industrial area yeah. just spewing so much pollution. Everywhere. And yeah, and it's like it's dawn, and yeah. then we're in this like old prison, and <clears throat> it's showing like the prison cells and everything. And so the guards wake this guy up, and we so we don't see his face for the longest time. No. They're like in silence, just like walking him through. We realize he's going to be released. He goes through this whole thing. Yeah. All you see is his name, Jake, tattooed on his fingers. Yeah. On it, on it, that's that's actually, <laughs> I think, the, the funniest part. Possibly the thing that I think is the funniest about this whole movie is is their knuckle tats. Oh, my God. Could we get I knuckle just, tats? Like, I mean, we have to you get each other's. Elwood. You should just get Elwood. You have to You have to put my name on your tat, on, on your knuckles? Yeah, but that would be better than mine. Mine's only five letters. I know. At least you have six letters. Yeah, that's true. I could get, like, right. two exclamation points. <laughs> Jesse! <laughs> Usually get knuckle ta- like with tattoos on their hands when they get yep. married and stuff. It's just oh like, <laughs> okay, baby, Jossack. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get, I'll get Molly, but I'll have like uh, the front half of a unicorn and the back half of the unicorn pooping. <laughs> <Just, you know, laughs> like, That'd be side. sick, actually. <laughs> That's the only seven. <laughs> I can't count. It'll be a really big poop. <laughs> It'll be overflowing. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, so he has knuckle tats on one hand that say Jake. <laughs> and then the box with all of his stuff, the, the guard is giving him his stuff back. Uh, the box says Jake Blues on it, so you know. That was my first indication that oh, yeah, the Blues yeah. brother's name is actually, actually Blues. Blues. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, and he's, he's getting all his stuff. And he, the suit, you know, mm-hmm. you know, black slacks, a black suit jacket, a black tie, uh, a black hat and he punches the hat out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you, you know, you see all the things. And twenty three dollars and seven cents. Um, <laughs> and then a guy pulls up in what's clearly a decommissioned like cop car, cop car, yeah. or yeah, state trooper car or something. And you see his tats, and it's Elwood, <laughs> but it's like L E L W O, and then O O D on the other. <laughs> Whatever, it's great. Oh my god, that just cracked me up. Yeah, and he's also in all black clothes. We, and we don't yeah. really see we don't see his face either. No. So then, um, and, and then Jake signs an X. Yeah, I love that to get his stuff. Which I, I mean, that. I was wondering, is that can't like does he just why does he do that? I don't know if is he's it just canon a rebel? that they can't read. Is that part of the? I don't know because I don't think they actually read. Yeah, they oh, no, they read the they sign. Read, they read. I, I think they can read. Outside of box, I think, country, I think whatever. It's, I think it's a form of protest. I think mm, it's. You I know? see. Yeah. yeah. Do they still accept an ex if... I don't, I don't know. even know. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, uh, so then he's... Yeah, so then he's let out, and the, the big, giant prison doors that are just huge for some reason yeah. slowly open from the middle out, and light spills out. Just blinding light. Light yeah. that is not possible, because the sky itself is not that light. No, so just this light all. behind him. It's just, like, <laughs> coming from heaven it's itself. Yeah, and then he's silhouetted against this impossible light. And then he... And his brother walk up to each other, and they embrace, and the first song starts. The music finally rises in this musical, yeah. and it's She Caught the Katie, and they they hug each other, and they get into the car, yeah. drive off into Jake's newfound freedom. Yeah. And the first thing they do is start arguing. And they argue <laughs> in this way, like, I absolutely, like, their whole affect is so funny. 
Because, like, they don't ever get agitated about yeah. anything. They're never, like, they never even really seem stressed out. <laughs> During the most stressful things. Yeah. yeah they it's just, ridiculous. They just roll with the punches. Their life has obviously obviously been so difficult that they're just like, meh, whatever. Yeah. Rocket launcher. Take it as it comes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, the first issue is what happened to the Cadillac. You know, that we've got the this, Bluesmobile. like, shitty-looking old decommissioned cop car. Oh, well, I traded the old Bluesmobile for a microphone. And... Jake's like, oh, that's legit, actually. (laughs) And then he's like, you know what? I actually don't like this car. This car sucks. And they're stopped at a what? Is it, what do you call it? It's not a drawbridge. It's I, I a, forget what that is. A like raising, yeah, a raised bridge. Like yeah. it opens for the it opens um so that like uh boats can go boats can go through. through. I forgot yeah. the word for boat. I was like <laughs> I was like you know crafts you on know, the water. Water. Craft. Your mouth is full of dirty laundry. There, there like what can you do? I've got dirty laundry in my mouth. Yeah, you're you're staring into her eyes. <laughs> um. So anyway, so they're they're stopped and it's like I don't like this car. Like fuck this car or whatever. And Dan Aykroyd, who plays Elwood, is driving the car, and he's like, oh, you don't like this car? And he revs it, and he blasts past everybody waiting as this bridge is going up and flies over this bridge. As Which is almost 90 degrees at that point. Yeah, it's, it's just hilarious. the most ridiculous jump This ever. movie just like, defies, defies physics. physics so yeah. many times. Yeah. Also, may I say, remember that time that we watched Spice World together? Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a very similar scene in Spice World. I, I gotta say that this this film has influenced many many people. Indeed, yes. indeed, it is it is. Generations have absolutely. benefited from this movie, even if they haven't seen it. Like my young self watching Spice there, World for the there first you time. Go. There you go. Uh, so anyway, and then he's like, you know what? This is a former cop car. It's got cop <coughs> suspension. It's got cop transmission. It's got cop turning radius. It's got cop <laughs> blah blah blah. Like everything. Yeah, yeah. Like this car's gonna rule. And then Jake's like, okay, I'm in. Like this car actually rules, and it does. Like <laughs> it does. It, it it really hauls. But yeah. <laughs> so they uh, they they the first place they visit is the orphanage. Mm-hmm. Jake is not happy. Uh, it's like you promised the penguin, which yeah. I love. They keep calling this nun the penguin throughout. You promised her you'd see her the first day you're out. And he's like, I lied. I lied. He's like, you can't lie to a nun. And he's like, why not? And I'm, I was like, yeah, why not? Do you think the Pope actually watched this? Like who decided in the Vatican? Okay, that which this was Pope? a very okay. Catholic. I think it depends. It would have been Pope. John Paul. This was Did, well. Is that when the statement came out? <sighs> That's a good point. I don't because know. I mean JP was Pope for a long he was, ass time. He was he, and was, he was Pope, Pope forever. When he came out. Yeah, yeah. This it was 1980. No, it had to be JP because yeah. I can see JP yeah, watching yeah. it. So can you imagine the Pope sitting there watching? The Blues Brothers in private. I'm going to be honest. I can't imagine the Pope doing anything, anything but giving addresses in St. Peter's Square. Oh I can't. Gosh. I literally cannot picture it. Wait, wait, did, do you think they translated it like into Polish or Latin or he any must of the have, other languages? He, he the, spoke? the Pope gets whatever the fuck he wants. I'm sure. Uh, so um, do you think so they probably had subtitles? Do you think that there is a, a like? Do you say papal or papal? I, I say papal. I think it's papal. No, papal? but okay, let's say papal, papal would have two p's. Oh yeah, well English. Whatever. Well, I guess three it's not p's even English. And, okay, okay. Do you think that there is a papal cut of the Blues Brothers out there, like in the vault in the? Oh Vatican? my god! Do you think? Do you think that the, whoever chooses movies for the Pope to watch also is responsible for like cutting out the bits that are not holy enough for the Pope? Oh my gosh! The holy censor, the papal. Because censor. okay, now picture this: the Pope is watching 45 cop cars just pile on top of each other. Right. Okay, but no, I could see JP liking this because the Nazis get fucked up. And I'm pretty sure JP was like, 
pretty anti-Nazi, not like Ratzinger, who mm, like who was, was a was fucking a Nazi. Nazi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Not J- Ratzinger would have been. Do you like, think Ratzinger went into the papal vault and got rid of the Blues Brothers because the Nazis get fucked up? I believe it. There's like, all sorts of papal intrigues. I know. I would believe this pa- this particular <sighs> papal intrigue. And the original papal cut that was stored delicately in the Vatican vaults. Yeah, wrapped was in, removed like, by the Nazi meat. himself. Yeah. Who just was like, we need to... And that's why they kicked him out. Purge all of this anti-Nazi <laughs> Pope propaganda. Wow. Probably that was the... Let's be real. That was probably the only thing. <laughs> but anyway. Wow. So yeah. So, okay. In my mind, I need to... I need to get to the point possibly where I can imagine Pope John Paul II watching the Blues Brothers. I don't think I'm there yet. Oh, okay. I, I definitely am. Can you picture it though? Like, can you? I can picture him it? taking a shit. Oh, can you? I mean, I like not the actual, but sitting on the toilet. I can picture that. He probably only sits on the toilet though. <laughs> I bet once you become Pope, you don't shit anymore. <laughs> it's too transmutation. Transmutation. Just transubstantiation. <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're both not listening to our podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> this is. I'm. Sh- I'm pretty sure at this point we've hit heretical heights. I okay. mean, and I don't think it's taken this long. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay, wait, wait, so, wait. okay, so they go to see the penguin <laughs> at the orphanage. Yeah. And it's like they're going to their doom. This whole it's scene so at the orphanage was know, so funny. This is so how I see Catholic religion, though. This is very, like, it was so yes. dark and foreboding. 100%. And, like, full of guilt and shame and punishment. Yeah, the one, and it's, like, not well lit. <laughs> and then you look up and there's this, like incredibly morbid but at the same time like incredibly corny looking crucifix yeah jesus just like suffering so hard painted so bad yeah they're walking up the stairs and and the the door sort of opens itself and then as they're like basically at the top of the stairs the door closes itself creepily yeah (laughs) so funny and then they're about and they like they creep up so quietly (laughs) and they take so long and they both like stop and they look at the crucifix and then they decide to keep going and then they raise their hand to knock and she's like she already knows they're there. She already knows they're there. And of then course. the door swings open. The door swings closed. There's another identical huge-ass crucifix. <laughs> in, in this tiny little office of hers. Yeah. And she's like, take a seat. And the only seat to these two tiny desks against the far wall that they have to, like, cram themselves into. And then she's like, no, no, no. You have to come sit in front of me. Yeah, I want to see you. And so they, like, have to, like, shuffle, like... If you as an adult have ever tried to cram yourself into an elementary school desk <laughs> before you know this pain. But also it's like elementary school desk from like the 1920s or something. It's like so tiny. Yeah. yeah. Are you saying that people were smaller in the 1920s? Okay. No. Okay. So I think they, like, number one, they definitely were. Okay. Yeah, they were. Okay. Because uh, like contemporary nutrition and, and that kind of thing, like people are legitimately getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but also at McGill, there are still a couple of classrooms in the arts building that have like seating arrangements from like way the fuck oh back gosh. in the day. And they are so tiny and uncomfortable. Like there, it's like these folding seats that fold down out of the backs of the desks behind them. And you oh, sit on that. Gross. And they're like so narrow. Mm-hmm. And number, like maybe they're still good for all those like skinny Montreal butts, but yeah, my yeah. like big Alberta butt, ow! Like an hour and a half in one of those, mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. So they get in. Uh, they are talking to the nun. She tells them that uh, they owe five thousand dollars in in county taxes, and the church is not going to pay. So this is the orphanage, yeah. and they want to sell it to the board of education. 
And so Jake's like, yeah, no problem. We'll get you your money. And then she's like, not acceptable. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want your stolen money. Yeah, I don't want your dirty sinner money. And they're like, well... Money is money. Yeah, and what does he say? Uh, sounds like you're up shit creek. Mm-hmm. And then she comes over. She comes over <laughs> around the desk with this, like... Ruler. Yeah, this, like, meter stick. And yeah. she smacks him with it. And he's like, what? And then she's like, what did you say? And then he repeats it very clearly, enunciating every part again. Yeah. Knowing that he's going to get hit again. Yeah, he's one of those, you know, yeah. like, and you know, he's one yeah. of those kids. Yeah. No. I know those kids. You know those kids. He's you were probably kids. those kids. Yeah. I was I was definitely like Yeah, you're like, smack me again, please. Yeah, my <laughs> mom, like, broke her wooden spoon over me at one point, and I just, like, bared my teeth at her. Yeah. It you was were a like, moment of triumph. Looks like you're up shit creek, mom. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't have dared say that. No, but. God, no. But he said it to the nun. Mm-hmm. And so then she smacks him, and then I can't remember. I can't remember what Elwood, Elwood was says. like. Christ, you can't you can't swear at a nun or something like. Oh that. yeah, and then she smacks him, and then they start. They both start swearing, and she just smacking them, smacking them, smacking them, until the ruler breaks, and then she's smacking them, smacking them. And then she whips up this other like pointer stick or something. Oh, it's like a sword. Is, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The nuns come prepared. She yep. had backup, and then basically, so they're like, they're like, we're out of here. And uh, Elwood gets out, but Jake can't get out of the, the seat. So she yeah. just, like... She keeps beating him, and he's, yeah. like, sort of pelvic thrusting his way to the door <laughs> in this tiny desk, and he falls down the stairs in it. In the desk, In yes. the desk. Yeah, and she's like, don't come back here. What does she say? Don't until come back here until you've redeemed yourselves. yourselves. And then she floats back. And then, yeah, like Dracula floats. Yeah. So backwards. scary. <laughs> so scary. And then the door closes. Like, okay. And that's also all you see of the nun. Oh, yes. But Ever. also, it makes me laugh, again, thinking about the Pope or his, I don't know, his underpopes. <laughs> <laughs> Watching this movie being like, yes, this is very Catholic. Like, really? This is this is the this is the view you want the world to have of you of this, like, scary, floating. Except it's not wrong. Oh, my gosh. Like... Mm. You know, like, it's not even, like, it's on the nose, but only insofar as, like, it's, you know. It's wild. Like, you know, like, you know, what can you do? (laughs) (laughs) All right, floating in. Okay, so that was some spooky shit. Um, So they're down at the, down at the bottom, and uh, this, this old man comes up, and he's like, you boys, you know, you you can't talk to a nun like that. And it's Cab Calloway, who was... Uh, this like amazing big band artist, jazz, you know, zoot suits, like just like phenomenal singer. And so he plays their sort of like surrogate father and he, he lives mm-hmm. in like the basement or the boiler room of this. Orphanage. Yeah. He's clearly like the, the groundskeeper, the, the handyman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, so I didn't know who he was. Um, I just noticed that he has the, the exact same outfit. And so he's clearly like their, I, initially I was like, is he in, like, is he their, their third guy? Right, right. Uh, but it's clear that he's sort of their, their mentor and yeah, like their their father. Yeah. They dress like, they're dressing like him. Yeah. And, and you know, he's, he's the one who's clearly given them their, their raison d'etre. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, you can't, you can't talk to a nun like this. You need to go to church. You know, you need to, like, find your way, go to church, see Reverend Cleophas. Yeah. And so they go into the car, and they decide they're going to take up this mission. Yeah. Like, Elwood's like, we need to redeem ourselves. Yeah, we've got to get this money. we got to get Why? this money. Yeah, exactly. Jake's, <laughs> Jake's like, whatever, man. Like, she doesn't want her money. Fine. But, yeah. Yeah. But Elwood's like, no, we got to, you know. Yeah, we got to do this. We got to redeem ourselves. For the orphans. Yeah. Yeah. They don't even really No, say they don't really talk orphans. about it. There's no real No, it's it's only it's only uh it's only Cab Calloway later 
who when he's getting the kids to hand out the play yeah. the playbills that they bring up like doing it for the kids yeah they were just like for for the blues brothers they don't yeah they totally don't mention the kids it's just like this personal mission of redemption yeah for them and it's i find it interesting because you know the, in the next scene you see why Jake takes up the mission, but Elwood is instantly yeah. like, we got to do this. Yeah, as soon as the nun tells him. Yeah. yeah, and he's the one that seems to have more of a an allegiance to the orphanage. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Again, like the backstory. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. it's like, who knows why? You know, what, why is there that dynamic? Who yeah. knows? Probably it's in the 800-page original script. <laughs> I, I know. know. I, I, which I wonder... It's probably out there somewhere. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so they go to the Triple Rock Church, which is this, like, black, I don't know, Baptist church? Yeah, it's a Baptist church, church yeah. All right, because there's lots of singing and dancing and everything. It's like, if, 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 like, you had to choose church and, you know, even though you're not religious, a.k.a. me, it'd be, like, the one you go to. I mean, it seems a lot more fun than uh, the churches I went to, that's for sure. Um, and who is Reverend Cleophas James? It's fucking James Brown. James Brown. And this, so this for me was the first instance. I was like, wait. And so at first I was like, did they find a fucking James Brown lookalike to do this? And then I was like, if that's a James Brown lookalike, that guy looks. And then I was like, wait, it's actually James it's Brown. It's James Brown. Is, yeah, is the preacher. Yeah. And. And Chaka Khan is in the choir. Yeah, which I also wouldn't have spotted her because she doesn't. She doesn't have a singing moment. She doesn't. You know, like no, you the see camera her like pans twice, her, like or twice for yeah. like a couple of seconds. Yeah, it was just like what? I know, wild. Um, so anyway, they're at this friggin' James Brown church, and they're standing in the back, just against the stained glass. Yeah, you know, while, while, just the, like, while the sermon starts. Here? Yeah. Like, what's the point of this? <laughs> and then they're just taken up, and this is the first musical number. Yeah, like, yeah. The first real musical number. There's choreographed dancing. Uh, there's you oh, know, amazing and the outfits, James Brown like the and the church outfits. choir. Yeah, the church outfits are great. And then Jake starts to be bathed in blue light. He's like radiating this blue light. Uh, and James Brown is yelling, "Do you see light?" Uh, and Jake starts going, "The band, the band." And Elwood Do doesn't see the light. And the Elwood band. doesn't see the light. No, he doesn't. He's like, "What are you talking about?" Right. Yeah. So this is like a revelation for who for for Jake who needs it. Right. Yeah. 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 And. Uh, and uh, yeah, and that's sort of the moment Jake's brought on board, mm-hmm. and he's got this drive. And it, I think, at that point, it becomes the mission from God. The mission from God. And then he does like a bazillion flips, yeah, into the Just, aisle, like, handsprings yeah. all over the place, which like he was actually really well known for. So like he's like this short, tubby guy, but yeah. like he, he like he every time he did his act, he was like doing flips and stuff. He also did so much coke. Apparently, mm. this film had a budget for coke. I believe it. And they had, like, people who were trying to, like, stop him from using so much. But, like, he kept getting away and being found in places with just, like, mountains of coke. Like, he, I think he died, like, two years after this from an overdose. Holy shit. Yeah. So it was just, like... And it wasn't just him. It was, like, oh, yeah, all no, of sure. Them, right? It was, like... Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just the 80s. Quite it was time. 1980. It was, like, the and age so, of Aquarius for coke. So let's talk about this. So here are these two white guys, right? Mm-hmm. And they're 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 orphans. They're not actually related to each other. They're oh really? No, yeah, they're they're blood brothers, which is funny. Blood, oh, because blood brothers. When you said blood brothers, I assume that does it does not like, mean biological brother. When you're like a blood brother, blood sibling to someone, you've you've like chosen to you know like you like cut yourself. Or yeah, like, no, yeah. I knew that, but but when you read the synopsis, my assumption was that they are that's not what they were. They biologically were related. Biological. Okay, so they're okay. blood brothers. They're raised by uh, this this black blues like singer, um, and and they they love the blues and everything. So they're always. Throughout this movie, they're in like all black neighborhoods and mm. black, like they're in the, an all black church. Like they're the only white people there and stuff. And 
So it's like they're they're yeah, it's it's the dynamics of this are kind of strange because it's sort of like uh, when this film was made, a lot of the a lot of the people that we're going to talk about that that were in the film um, no longer had like really vibrant careers. So we're sort of mm-hmm. like you know like Cap Calloway was like huge in the '30s and stuff, and he was still relevant then. Yeah, but he was but, like old. He was old. He, he was, was old, old then. in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know like uh, James Brown. I mean, you know like these are these are people who had like their biggest hits in like the the '60s and you know into the '70s. But like this was the, the era of disco. Yeah. Right. And like sort of like new music like this. So at the time. Sort of bringing this back to the blues was 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 a throwback. Like these were, you know, they were right. like listening to old stuff. And that must have been part music. of the shtick for Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. Like these guys are into the blues, and the blues isn't cool anymore. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And so, but it, but it kind of part of this kind of bugs me because it's like I was saying, it's, it's sort of like Ry Cooter and the Bonavista Social Club. So he goes and he finds all these like you know old stars. Uh, in Cuba and like makes this album with them and then they're famous again right and they're and they're quite like you know they were like in their 70s and stuff and so it's like you know why why do we have to appreciate black music just because like these two white guys got money to make a film where they got to basically like fanboy over all of the blues singers that they love right Mm. but on the other hand like I love the film because they got to fanboy over all these blues singers and like I got into the blues very much because of this film like Mm. I was like oh my god John Lee Hooker and like all of these people I was like ah you know I like it really got me into the blues yeah and I'm just like kind of I don't know I'm I'm a bit uncomfortable with the way that that happened yeah (laughs) the dynamics are strange for sure but I think the other the other side of it too is and I don't you know and and in no way I don't think this you know needs to be the primary reading of it but Mm. there there really is something to be said for sort of a labor of love like Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. like you can see like I think for me, Dan Aykroyd in particular oh, yeah. is clearly absolutely loving every single second of what's going on. Yes. Like he yeah. is so into it. And, you know, I think right now in particular, when we're, I think, I'm hoping that we're starting to get past the sort of fetishization of apathy that we've been dealing with for the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like this cooler than thou, holier than thou, sort of like hipster South Park bullshit. Right, and there's just there's so much to be said for doing something just because you fucking love it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's going to be cheesy and it's going to have its corny moments, but you just you love it so much, and you need to express that love into the world in a way that just like appreciates mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that like your your object of your love or you know, yeah, the subject yeah. of your love. It's like look we at don't this get that anymore. Thing. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah. look at how amazing this is. Let me show you how incredible this is, and I'm gonna. And I'm going to put myself into it because I just fucking love it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Totally. And, totally. like, I don't know. I just, I wish, I, and I think it's starting to change, right? I, th- I think this sort of, like, oh, we need to be, you know, so above it all. We need to be cooler than this. We need to, you know, it's got to be the ed- the bleeding edge of every trend, bloody mm-hmm. blue. Like, I'm, I'm hoping that we're finally moving past that. Mm. But... You know, we still don't we don't see a lot of that kind of thing being produced. It's always sort like of, just straight up a work of joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we don't get that much anymore. So it, mm. it is. It's fun to watch because they're having fun. They are. They are. I mean, like, yeah, it's definitely Dan Aykroyd's face. Like, like, yeah, when they're doing the numbers and they get mm-hmm. to like sing with Ray Charles and everything, he, you just see it, and it's, he's just like, this is the best <laughs> life I've ever lived. Day of my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
All right, so many, many air flips. Uh, yeah, just like so many flips. I loved it, and I not, loved not it just too. not just in Belushi, Belushi, but like the the, the people the, in the church, the as dancers, well. and yeah, yeah. everybody. Yeah, everybody's so great, uh, and they're like, we're getting the band back together. Yes, the plan uh, has been made. Yeah, and so so they they leave the church and they're driving and they're talking about how they got to get the band back together. And Jake thinks this is going to be sort of like a, a one-two done situation. Yeah, but uh, then Elwood has to let him know that you know everybody took straight jobs. And he's like, but I was in jail. You were supposed to keep keep in touch. And he's like, well, you know. And he's like, so you lied to me. It wasn't lies. It, it was, was just, just bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> I and like that distinction mm-hmm. between lies and bullshit. Yeah. It's a very Métis distinction. It is. It's like, here's what you needed to get you through being in jail. Bullshit. Yeah. And lies would be a betrayal. And I would never betray you. Yeah. I, just I wasn't betraying you. I was, I was supporting you and feeding you. In this moment. Exactly. 100%. So they're listening to Sam and Dave, uh, who, if you haven't heard, then get on it. Uh, Soothe Me, which is one of my favorite songs. Mm. And so they've got that in. Is it an 8-track? Or is it... it or just a cassette player. I can't remember. I think it's an eight track because I remember looking at it and being like, what? Yeah, I didn't. I, that must I, be a cop thing. And then I was like, oh, no, it's probably an eight track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they get they get pulled over. Uh, it turns out that Elwood's uh, license expired like six months ago. Or and something. also he's a terrible driver. He has something like 56 infractions. <laughs> and and yeah. the, the interesting thing about this is like the cops have this new system called scmodes. Yeah. Uh, that's basically like, a you know, they, they run his license. Um, and then they get to see, you know, all sorts of information about him. And it's like this new thing. Yeah, that was the new the new tech. Yeah. I know, and so he's got wild. like 56 infractions or something. Um, and his license is suspended and he they need to impound his car. The right. cops have, you know, are basically That's the system it. orders the cops to impound his car. So then Elwood's like, heck no, we're on a mission Fuck from this. God. Yeah, we're on a mission it. from God. And this is, this is the greatest thing. Like, and of course, this is, this is the mechanism of the movie is mm-hmm. that... They're on a mission from God. Nobody can stop them. Everything else is secondary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, laws, nah. You know, scamming their bandmates, who cares? Public order. Property destruction, whatever. They're on a mission from God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're on a mission from God, all that stuff falls to the wayside. As it should. As it should. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, they're still pulling these little scams sort of here and there. I love it. Uh, and like you know, just shoplifting little things, just like not even stuff they like. He he at one point in the, he steals like a bunch of like windshield wiper replacements. <laughs> was that, I thought those Why? were fireworks. No, I know because it was right near. The, I'm pretty sure I thought they were fireworks too, but I'm pretty sure that they were like windshield wiper replacements. So anyway, funny. either way, yeah, and, and yeah, and then they're at the fancy restaurant. And he's trying to open the the case oh, yeah, to for like the, steal like, the decorative china oh or whatever. God, I love that's, it. So, that reminded me so much of being at McGill's faculty club and just. Being like every time I go to the faculty yeah. club, I have to walk away with a little something for myself. Exactly, it doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> it's a coup. Yeah, counting coup on the faculty exactly. club. So um, they're okay. So cops calling backup. They they end up driving like having this high speed car chase in a mall parking lot. And again, Jake is mad. He's like, "Yo, I just got out of jail. You're gonna land yeah. me there again." And he's kind of like bitching like, huge at Elwood. Car chase. Yeah. And, like, you know, you, you got us into this parking lot. You have to get us out of this parking lot. And so, like, Elwood seems, every time he gets challenged like that, he's like, yeah, yeah, just watch me. But, like, so chill. I know, totally chill. He's like, yeah, so, you, oh, you want to get back on the freeway? Sure. We'll get back on the freeway. So he fucking pulls a shitty into the mall into and just the blasts through. And, and goes, they're not going to catch us. To We're the a mission Pe- from God. To the Peter Gunn theme, which is, if you're ever going to have a car chase and you're driving through a mall, make sure that you've queued up the Peter Gunn theme, please. Yeah, it was it really perfect. good. It was really good. And so they're going through the mall. The cops also obviously go into the mall because we know, and this actually, like, 
This is cops to a T. They create car chases. Yeah. This is the thing yeah, yeah, cops yeah. Is they they escalate shit to the point where there's car chases. Oh, like wait. it it happened. I'm in, sorry, this totally doesn't matter. Yeah. But the Peter Gunn theme comes later. This is oh, still sorry. Sam and Dave. Oh, oh, is it? Yeah. I just don't want okay. somebody to be like, that's it. I'm yeah. never Metis in space, you're fucking cancelled because you well, brought again, the order. Don't no. <laughs> Don't add us about anything. Yeah, These it, are our favorite movies. Yeah, we're not here for accuracy. No. Anyway, we're here but for love. Yes. The, yeah. Throughout this, the, they, they sort of like, they highlight the way in which cops create these situations yeah. of like intense damage because like there's no, the cops didn't need to follow them in there, right? But no. there's like two cop cars just yeah. chasing after fucking yeah, shit it's, up. It's traffic infractions. <laughs> Who gives a shit? His license expired. Who actually gives a shit? Yeah, go get him later. Yeah. You know, but like they're like, no, we're going to have a high speed. He lives at Wrigley Stadium. You can find him there. <laughs> so they're like busting through this mall and like casually commenting on the stores. Yeah. Oh, look, Pier 1 Exports. Yeah. Oh, this place has everything. And they're just like you know, people are diving out of the way. Like <laughs> there is mayhem. The, their driving also is terrible yeah. for no reason. Like they're just sideswiping all these storefronts. Yeah, because there's like a long, there's like a boulevard in the middle of it that they could have just ridden through. I mean, there's all these like kiosks there, but yeah. it would have been less damaging than like smushing yeah. into. But the them stores. and the cops are just like all over the place. It's out of control. And then I noticed, like, so they they smash up this one place and the store that sell that is selling plants, and so they're all hanging these macrame. Like oh. plant holders, which is like all of these stores right now in the malls. Like macrame yep, is macrame back, is baby. Back, yeah, <laughs> in a this big way. Movie is current again. It's cur- yes, it's it, it's exactly and everything. For no old no is other new. reason, it's the macrame. <laughs> uh, so they get out of there. They get out of there. The cops. We we tried to keep a cop count. It's of like crashed them. cars at this point. So there was one car overturned that spins around with two cops in it. Then there was another car crash. But then, like, yeah, we just, we couldn't keep yeah. track. No, so I think it's, there's two cop cars that get it. Yeah. At right that point. There, at with that point. with the, the two people that end up being the main cops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who vow, of course, to, to, We're to get, get these them. perps or whatever yeah. they say. Now they're on a mission. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they get away. They, they drive back, park their car in the world's tiniest yeah. little parking garage or something. Uh, and then they, they go back to where Elwood lives, but... Just as they're right outside the door, Carrie Fisher pulls up with a bazooka. <laughs> a bazooka. Like a whole ass bazooka. And just like shoots a bunch of like rounds at them. Yeah. And they they hit the deck. Uh, so it goes over their heads, um, explodes the, just the door. Does hardly any damage, actually. Yeah. Just kind of fucks well, up the I mean, door. It, it looks like she's sort of making the artillery for the weapons that she uses by herself. Yes, true, true. Like, yeah, clearly she's buying yeah. the actual weapons, but yeah. I think the artillery she's uh, just making. Uh, okay, that would explain uh, it. So, yeah. So I, like how we're, I like how we're like providing logic for the illogic of the fire well, I, I actually feel like Carrie Fisher's role is quite logical. Okay. Yeah. I feel okay. like Carrie Fisher is really the only logical for actor. all of us. <laughs> right. Yeah. We are all Carrie Fisher. Oh my gosh. Um, so anyway, so she hits the place with a bazooka, drives off. You don't know who, who she is in relation to yeah. anybody, um, except that she's Carrie Fisher, uh, which I don't think I've seen Carrie Fisher in a single role outside of Princess Leia. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest. It was, it was one of the so. few. Yeah. And she's super young then. Yeah. 1980. Yeah. It would have been around the same time that she was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she blows the building, drives off. Um, they don't even comment. They just get no. up, dust themselves off a little bit and go inside. And go in there. They're like, hmm, that chick, you know. So what kind of shit have you seen in your life where you're like, wow, somebody just shot a bunch of bazooka rounds at us. Hmm. Let's, let's go sleep now. Yeah. No like, big deal. And this is why they're Métis. Yep. <laughs> so, 
yeah, yeah. so they go in there. Uh, they go into Elwood's tiny-ass little boarding room. The tiniest. It's, like, got enough space. They open the door into the bed. Yeah, yeah. It's got a single bed. There's, like, a cabinet, maybe a fridge. I'm not sure it was a fridge. A little hot plate. And space for his record player. Yeah. Of course. And that's it. And, and that's it. Yeah. And, and the train going by right outside. It's, like, this elevated... Like, not a monorail, yeah. but some sort of, like, It's elevated. like the, sky, the Chicago version of the Sky Train, which yeah, I can't yeah. remember what it's called. I've ridden know. it. It was fine. <laughs> I didn't get off at the right stop, so I went, like, all the way to the fucking airport or something. I, I mean, went maybe, way out there. Maybe you went right by that, that housing <gasps> area. I could have. I totally could have. Transients welcome. I did, I did ride most of the Chicago train system in go. that moment. You so. probably passed by. It was like you blinked wow. and you missed it. Yeah. You could have seen his little face in there. I could have. Oh, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, uh, so yeah, so Elwood had put his address as Wrigley Field. So uh, it takes the cops a little bit of time to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so it, they sleep. And in the morning, Carrie Fisher pulls up again. But then, so do the cops. And John Candy is like... John Candy's there. And he's, he's clearly his probation officer, I think. Yeah, they never they never actually make it clear. This is... this is I'm like I'm so glad that you brought up the fact that there was this initial 800-page script. Because yeah. now I feel like all of this backstory and this world-building that we come don't from get... Nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, it exists. It's because of these, like, hasty cuts. Yeah, probably. Like, we don't know who John Candy is because these hasty cuts. Right, right. So I just thought he was some snitch. But I think the probation officer thing is, yeah, is probably I, I more likely. So, so they uh, show up and, and so... Carrie Fisher's like, eh, for a little bit. Yeah, and then they, they go in, and they're about to bust them, and then Carrie Fisher is, like, fiddling around with this thing that looks like a, a big radio, basically. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a flips antenna. a switch, and the, boom, takes out the whole building. The whole thing. And it's it's a great scene, because you see, like, you see, like, fire erupting, and the bed that... Uh, that, that Jake is sleeping in and Elwood is on this chair right beside him. You can see them like fall into the ground. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, miraculously, nobody is hurt. They like, it, I mean, uh, other people might be hurt, but yeah. the cops aren't hurt and the Blues Brothers aren't yeah. hurt. We're, we're going to just assume everybody made it in this, in this film I mean, universe. Yeah. If the cops make it, everybody else has to make it. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, they, they, again, they like sort of stand up from these bricks, the bricks that are piled all over them and yep. dust themselves off. Like, Let's and, get to work. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, about five seconds later, the cops and John Candy sort of like shake themselves out of the debris and, and they're fine too. Um, and then, okay, so this, this one aside from, I mean, actually there's so many good scenes. I'm having a hard time picking a favorite, but this <laughs> is one of my favorite scenes is when uh, Elwood quits his job. <laughs> It's so funny. You see him on the assembly line, and he's just kind of quietly throwing Stealing shit stuff before he into goes, his as you should. <laughs> yeah, as you should, one hundred percent. And then he goes up to his boss, and he leaves his briefcase outside just in case. Yeah, smart move. Yeah, you know, it's a little lesson there for us all. Mm-hmm. And uh, says uh, to his boss, "I've got to quit." And his boss says, "Well, why? Why are you quitting?" Uh, and he says, "Well, I'm going to become a priest." <laughs> the boss goes like clearly respects this so yeah. much, and yeah. he's like, "Wow, like that's amazing." And and I love Elvis this for is like. You. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> and the boss is like, wow, thank you. A- thank you so a much. A soon-to-be man of the cloth has blessed me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, we need some more wine. Yeah, pause. Right, pause. pause. Thank you, more. I'm going to get a pause here. All right, so... Yes, bless you. Okay, so he's gone. He doesn't have yep. his job anymore because he's committing. He's going full in on this plan. They're going to resurrect the band, save save the world, and also just, like, I don't know. I don't even... They don't even... Like, their goals are so l- much less I know, elevated like, than that. I know. They're it's just, just like, really... We're just going to, like, make We're going to get $5,000 legally. Yeah. Come That's hell or high water. 
Yeah, they really, they really like go all in on this. Yeah. Um, so so they gotta quits, go start rounding up people. And a glue factory is I, my understanding. It seems like, yeah. Yeah, and so this is another moment where I'm like, is this sort of uh, articulated more in SNL or is this just on the cutting room floor somewhere? And I'm pretty uh, sure, like, I uh, so there's there's different cuts of this film around, and um, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen, I, I the copy I have I don't think has the scene where he where he quits. Oh, at like all. Sort of so he just pulls out the glue at yeah, one point. Yeah, he always, like, always has glue, glue. <laughs> and other implements of the trade. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So then the mission, the actual mission for God can finally start. Once he quits yes. his job, he severs his ties to the working world, and yes. now he's immersed in the world of blues. That's right. And this is actually when the world becomes the world of blues mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that they do is they go looking for the bulk of their band, uh, and they go to this woman's house with a lot of Catholic imagery in it. <laughs> yeah, so much Catholic. Yeah, so there we have like pictures of uh, John P. Um, yeah. We've got like yeah, she's she's Italian. Used to have it, it used to be a boarding house, and two of the members of the band used to stay there. They're not there anymore. Yeah, so she lets them know where they can find them. Yeah, she hands them a, a little card, and it's Murph and the Magic Tones. So they head to the Holiday Inn where Murph and the Magic Tones are playing, and they clearly. Oh my god! It's like well, they have to play like lounge like music, the, the most boring shit ever. And it's I love it because it's like this lush. Like remember when he describes it later, he's like, "Yeah, I bought these beautiful speakers from you. It's like got this thick red, red shag, shag carpet, carpet on it. Yeah. Oh my god, it's all just red so and plush and gross. And their outfits are like these ve- red velvet outfits. Yeah, and it's just like this la- like. Like I, I want to go to a lounge like that. They just don't Why? make them like that because they're just so, no. They, so they do. Cheesy. They do still really? make them like that. Absolutely. No. Yeah. There. I can think of like a couple in some old hotels that you know hotels that used to be nice, but yeah, now yeah, are yeah. kind of like Real they're seedy. really run down. Yeah. Yeah. And you get those chairs that kind of have their their upholster, but they also have some kind of like lacquered wood oh. back and arms Damn. and like the carpet that still smells like cigarettes even wow. though it's been like like, like how many years like at years least years or yeah. something since yeah. you could smoke you know that is wild they that still wild. do exist and Jesus. they are precious they are precious spaces so they're playing this just terrible like cuando 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 yeah. <laughs> like lounge music and just like hating their lives right and they yeah. just this this crowd of of like people who don't give a shit no <laughs> no uh so then they they start talking with the band um, and they learn that, you know, even though these guys seem to be in general pretty keen on joining back up with the Blues Brothers, uh, there are still, what, three members mm-hmm. uh, that now have, like, pretty good gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, high-paying high jobs, and they're not going to want to leave them. Yeah, these guys are like, yeah, this gig sucks, let's go. Yeah. Uh, even though they're like, you owe us money and you suck, and, you know, they, they work it out real quick. But, yeah, yeah the, now the, the, the hard power sell. blues. Yeah. The hard sell is going to be these other guys. Yeah. And so the, the first one is Mr. Fabulous. Yes. So they go to Shape Hall. Yes. Who is the maitre d' at Shape Hall. And he's pulling in six figures a week. Yeah. Which I, I feel like that is There's a high six estimate. Six figures a week. But I, it's Chicago. So I, I feel like anything's possible in Chicago. But in the 80s, I was I was very interested by that. Like, mm-hmm. do they count the decimal points? <laughs> Uh, that was you my know? assumption. Like because they're counting no the point zero zero there. Yeah, yeah. There's no way. Like six figures. Like, what? Like, like people that work at like the the best restaurants in the world make a fuck ton of money. Wow. Anyway, so he's so got but his I hair all greased back and stuff. Anyway, yeah, they're making more money than us. Oh Mr. Fabulous makes more money than me. Okay, That's so picture Molly I and I, dirtbags that we are, mm. walking into like I don't know how many stars these fucking restaurants have. Do they actually like go up to five, 10? or is it just four? Oh. I guess it's if you're on, <laughs> I guess like, it's not ten. Is it the Michelin three? stars? Like, which stars is three? it? Michelin is three, I think. I don't know. 
Anyway, you go into a but place that has all the stars time. on all the ratings. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's and, fancy. And and we're like we're dressed up in our like I don't know our suits and our and our yeah, hat, our black the nicest, hats. And, the nicest you know, thing that I, I don't own anything as nice. I know as we'd suits. have to we'd That's, have to like we would be more derby. We'd have to go steal something. Yeah. And so we we walk in there and we pretend to be fancy. Yeah. So <laughs> and and but they meet Mr. Fabulous at the door because he's the maitre d and they're like Mr. Fabulous, come back to the band and he's like. No. Hells to the no. Look at this fabulous, excellent job. This fabulous job befits me as Mr. Fabulous. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, we're just going to go sit down and have a meal. And so they just walk right past him. And they sit down. And this is... This scene is wild. I love this scene so much because it is... This this whole scene is exactly it's how class I warfare. feel like I'm acting anytime I go into a fancy space. <laughs> totally. Like 100%. They sit down great. and they're like... I will have five shrimp cocktails and some bread for my brother, and we will have your best champagne. And he's like, oh, the Dom Perignon 71? He's like, yeah, absolutely. And he comes to pour it, and they just, like, pick up random, like, you know, because there's, like, four glasses on the table. Yeah, the whole, the whole fancy setting. I would never know how no. to use it. Like, which four yeah. is what, for what? And so what? Jake picks up what I guess is the, the right glass, yeah. and he pulls, pours it in, and it's, like, this ornate cut crystal. Yeah, yeah. And then Elwood picks up the biggest glass. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. Wrong and glass, sir. Yeah. And, and he's Elwood's like, like, no, no. Fucking fill put, it up, bitch. Put it in there. <laughs> put it in there. And like, yes, I will also have a generous pour in the largest glass when I, when I <laughs> yeah. am drinking a 71 How? Dom Perignon. I'm paying for that. Don't lecture me about which glass. I will fucking put it into my boot. And drink it yeah. out of that if I want to. I paid for it. Also, I would like to know how much $120 is in, in today's today money? money. Because oh, that didn't seem that expensive. No, that's not even that. I, I, it's got to be like 400 bucks at this point. And I'm not I'm not talking about like actual inflation. I'm just oh, talking about like, like, the, what like how much it would be worth now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, and, and P.B. Herman, by the way, was their oh, first yeah. server. Before also, he was P.B. So, Herman. Really? Before yeah, he was Paul Rubin. Paul Rubin before he was P.B. Herman. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. So this like whole movie was basically me watching the movie and then coming to these realizations and yeah. then looking over at Chelsea like, is that? And I was, Chelsea would be like, yes! I was staring at her just like whoever. waiting for and I'd be like, realization to hit. It was so fun. It's sometimes so fun. it took a long, sometimes it took like an embarrassingly oh, yeah. long time. It was great. But it was great. I didn't get Pee with Herman at all. I yeah. wouldn't have even really noticed him. Yeah. Uh, unless no, he pointed it, it's, it out. It's such a cameo. So, so then good. they start being more like basically Molly's like so they're just like trying to get him fired at this point. Yeah, they're they're just like being super obnoxious and scary. Yeah. Like these people are complaining that they like, smell bad. Yeah, and like sipping the wine like <laughs> Yeah, totally and throwing throwing pieces of shrimp into <laughs> each, each other's mouths and stuff. I love it. I love it. Like honestly, can we can we go do this? Like just class warfare. I feel like but that's that's I do it anytime. No, I I have the opportunity to go to a nice restaurant. That's actually that's true. How that I just so live true. my life. Yeah, it's like I, all these like, people are just like so offended. Oh my fisting god, fisting bread into my own mm-hmm. fucking gaping maw, like drooling, spilling, like stuff literally on licking the plate. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, okay, but okay, yeah, so I, I, this I, is a really good. It is a good class warfare moment. I took my partner to this like hipster place that I'm not going to name because some of you might like it. Fuck, whatever. Anyway, it was really expensive. It's and it was like it's like hipster tapas. Like, it's not even like Spanish tapas because tapas is like bar food, right? It's like this upscale, whatever. We're like, whatever, we'll try it out. And everybody sitting there like was white and super skinny and obviously has never eaten a carb in the past 10 years. And so there were no carbs on this menu. What? No carbs, no fucking carbs. You cannot, you could not carb a single carb in that place. Wow. And so it was like all of these like tiny, 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 like here's like three little fish row on a bed of whatever. So we ordered these things and like spent so much money, more money than we actually have. And then we leave and we're so hungry. 
we're so hungry. And we're like, why the fuck <laughs> do people do that? Why? It's, yeah. And it wasn't real. even that good. Anyway, so I'm sure that people were like, they smell bad. Get them out of here. So, okay. So my partner and I had a similar experience <laughs> where I got a grant and I was like, this is amazing. Like, and this was like the grant that sort of took me. Cause like I had just started getting my federal funding for my degree. Okay. Um, but this was like after being just like, you remember how fucking broke I was yeah. for yeah. dirt poor, dirt poor, you know, since I left home. Yeah. Um, and so this was like the first money that I'd gotten where I could sort of do something a little frivolous with it. And right. so I was like, I, I took me and my partner out to a really fancy restaurant yeah. in Edmonton and we walk in the door and I guess it was the maitre d'. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. even, fuck. all I remember is he gave us the most disdainful oh my up and down. Yes. When we they really in. do up and down you. Yeah. And it was so bad that my partner was like fuck this. We are leaving these fucking stuck up, like upper class. Like, and I had to be like, no, no, no. Like let's just go because it'll be more funny if we go and we like, you know, like have a fancy dinner and like spend, (laughs) you know, and do all this shit. And we're like, you know, like clearly, you know, I tried to like dress up a little bit, (laughs) but clearly did not fit in. Yeah. Anyway, it was super funny. We ended up eating beside this guy and clearly was either a sugar baby or like a fairly high priced escort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he and I were just having the best time. We had like cocktails right and we're laughing and chatting and having a good, and like those two were just like staring at their food. Like, wow. Just hating each other. Clearly just there to be there. Wow. And I was like, mm, this moment. See, this moment. we live better lives. <laughs> It's just yes. so wild. I hope she yeah. got paid so much money, and I hope he left so disappointed. Yes. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Excellent. So, anyway, this was this was a revenge moment for us as mm-hmm. well, where we mm-hmm. were just really True. identifying with this. So, at first, their tactics aren't working. They're not being obnoxious enough. So, no. Jake sort of inserts himself into the space <laughs> of this rich family, and it was like, puts on this ridiculous accent and starts asking if he could buy their women. Yeah. <laughs> How much for your women? Can I buy your children? <laughs> and the thing is, is that this guy clearly believed it. He clear, he was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, he's like that disconnected. Yeah, he's like, wow, this guy is really like, oh. And the, and the most interesting part about it too is like. The little girl thought they were hilarious. I know, that's the funniest. <laughs> like, she was just like, I wish I could act like I know, that. I know, I know. And, and it's so great because it's like he, this rich guy can't, he, you know, he's not going to stand up and be like. What the fuck did you say to me? No, no, no. He's just going to sit there and like whine to the fucking Waiter, waiter. Can you please move us away from these people? I want to talk to your manager. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. Anyway, so finally, finally, uh, yeah, Mr. Fabulous is like, okay, fine. Finally agrees. Because they were like, we're going to come back every day for every meal. We're coming back for breakfast, lunch, and dinner until you say yes. And I also like that at one point the guy's like, well, you know, they're going to make me call the cops. He's like, I just got out of jail. Would you call the cops on me? And no. This was like a key scene for Because of course he could have. He could have. And kept his financial stability, but he was not a snitch. Yeah. And it never, like, and there was not even a moment in his mind. Where he seemed to consider it. He was like, no, obviously I can't. No, obviously that is not an option. Like, my favorite part was then he like he resigns himself to his fate and he, and he starts and he's chugging the dom parent yeah he just sits down he's like fuck this and people are calling him and he's like whatever i, I quit yeah he's like can we all just off. quit can we all quit because yeah. nothing feels as good as quitting yeah honestly imagine going Ugh. into your fancy restaurant and taking the best bottles of wine that you have yeah and just chugging them because who the fuck cares mm-hmm. anyway okay so they get mr fabulous mr fabulous Woo! one down On board. two to go so then all of a sudden we flash to 
a protest, we see all these screaming, angry faces, and mm. then we realize that fucking Nazis are having a rally on this bridge. Yeah, and so there's this Nazi with this megaphone going, oh, I don't know. We don't like, even need some to repeat it, just some bullshit. bullshit right? and, like, and it's the cops holding back the angry people, people who want to get at the Nazis. Because which, the cops are protecting the Nazis. Topical as hell. Because, another know, way this movie some is of those incredibly current. forces are the same that burn crosses. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, uh, and, th- and that's the thing. This shit keeps coming over, you know, this free speech stuff. So this was right after, this movie was made, or the script was written anyway, right after the Skokie case, which was like a free speech uh, you know, like a uh, case in the States. Oh, so they're referencing an they're actual referencing case. an actual case oh. where the Nazis won the right to, to like promote their hate speech in public. That's, and, I, and, I'd never and we heard are still before. having this fucking debate. Yeah. You know, this, this bullshit debate. So yeah. So, I mean like that, that's the thing is like, this is not, you know, th- this was made in 1980 and we're still yeah. having the same and you, fucking and, and it's arguments. The still, and it's still the same power dynamics that you see. You see 100%. the cops protesting, protecting the protecting white supremacists. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, who, you know, and, and, and it's interesting, right? Because like they do, like the protesters initially, like protesters or whatever are seen as, as sort of this angry mob. Yeah. And then you realize why, why they're there. Yeah. Why they're and there. The, and the it, perspective and shifts. shifts. Yeah. yeah. Where instead of becoming this sort of like threatening image, it's like obviously meant to Justified. be like, of course Yeah. Of, of course, course you're you going to fucking yell at these and, Nazis. But yeah. now in mainstream news media yeah. oh. and with everything that's going on, you don't get that. Like no. you get you get a bunch of angry protester faces, especially if it's BIPOC mm-hmm. people, and it's like, oh, this is the threat. These are the violent people. Look at those yeah. Nazis, those fine people. Yeah, who, who are being who so are the calm. cops? Who are the cops uh, uh, taking action against? Yeah, oh, yeah. that's who we need to demonize. Yeah, those must be the bad rather people. rather than like, oh, look, there's actual fucking Nazis right there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. obviously, these are the bad guys. Yeah, like if you're going to abuse your power, like that's the thing. It's like cops. The whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing is that the cops abuse their power constantly, mm. right? So if you're going to fucking well, the cops abuse... is abuse. Yeah. Is the other thing. Like, if you're going to be abusive, be abusive to, like, the fucking Nazis. But not nah, because they're, like, I don't know, your brother-in-law's yeah, and it's you. The same, it's the same Fuck thing. You. It's like what you do on your off time. <sighs> anyway. So, they, they, but the Blues Brothers do not stand for Nazis. No. I hate Illinois Nazis is, like, one of their, like, is one of the, like, catchphrases of this movie. So they drive... Yeah, that, that was a real, like... Yeah. 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 I had that moment, too, where I was, like... I hate Illinois Nazis. Like that's that's yep. a quotable moment. I'm definitely, yeah. And so, yeah, and then, so they rev the Blues Mobile, which is doing some heavy lifting already yep. in this film, yep. and they just gun it for the Nazis, who all are forced to jump off the bridge, and the protesters break the police line. And yes, the Nazis. You don't see the Nazis get fucked up, uh, unfortunately, but hopefully they not do. yet. Anyway, that's true. Yeah. So then they also swear vengeance. Yes. You know? And and so now they've they're they're just like accruing mortal enemies as they go, which is interesting. Mm. Which which makes this all the more like their mission all the more important, right? Mm. They've got this mission from God, and they have all of these like really intense. They've got the cops after them. They've but got also the Nazis. Like, let's, yeah, let's look at who their enemies are. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's the cops. It's the Nazis, and it's this fucking country band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's like all uh, of racist redneck fucks yeah. of white raciality. Uh huh. Who's the bad guy? Yeah, but it's but it's interesting because you know when you think back to sort your critique of the racial dynamics mm-hmm, of this movie mm-hmm. where it's like now these are these good white guys mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right and so what does that mean that they're yeah if you want to be a good white guy themselves yeah, don't just against don't, these people exactly and if you're going to be the good white people then it's not enough to be like i like black music you have to be like i'm gonna fuck up nazis i'm gonna fuck up the cops i'm gonna go to jail if i have to but like yeah yeah like, fuck it up yeah and it's interesting right because it's 
to a certain extent, like you could read this as a protest movie, mm-hmm. right? And but they're doing it for blues. Like yeah. that's that's their their mission, mm-hmm. right? That that's their mission from God is the blues. Well, the blues, the blues is the is the vehicle through which they redeem themselves by by. Er- this is funny because they're supposed to earn legitimate money, mm-hmm. but. Uh, like, but in but everything else, everything is illegal. It's so illegal. So like the, the the fucking you know the 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 ends justify the means. Absolutely, right? like completely. But I mean, but I but I feel like that is like a really good and interesting lesson. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. there are moments where the ends justify the means. Well, and that's especially that's when you're right now. against yeah. the cops. Yeah, especially when you're against the Nazis, yeah. and especially yeah. when you're against sort of like the the white like fucking backwards white supremacy because clearly like these people are supposed to be sort of like these implicit white supremacists yeah the, well they're in and the or archetypes of white like, supremacists cu- yeah culturally yeah. white supremacist bullshit right yeah. um so if you're if you're if you're like if you're if your mission is about fucking that up like yeah you might be breaking some laws and stuff like that along the way but the law also allowed the nazis to sit there and protest the yeah. law allowed all of these things to happen yeah the law lets the cops bust through a crowded mall with yeah with you know zero impunity no accountability yeah 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 because and, and storm and then, and then literally claim like, to be protecting shit yeah and like, like yeah and then they bring in the army anyway we'll get uh, to all yeah. that but uh, but yeah so it's, it's basically a fucking cab yeah the whole way through deep deep a cab in this film yeah. and also like a surprisingly deep critique of the mobilization mm-hmm. of, st- of state both like force. state and sort of like extra state, extra legal power in order to protect whiteness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and and it's it is weird that at the center of it is these two white men, right? Because it makes it palatable to white audiences, yeah. and it sort of it. Oh yeah, if the, if, the, if the two characters the were black or like any like indigenous people of color at all. No, this wouldn't. This movie wouldn't have been a cult no, classic. There'd be fucking riots about it. But that's the thing too. And not like, like a good fun riot. No, and and that's the thing is you have all these like like this is a cult classic at this point. So there's all sorts of people who love this film, and and a, you you got to know that a bunch of those people are actually fucking racist piece of shit white supremacists. Mm. You know, which like blows my mind that you can watch a film like this and be like, I, I, and well, think it's, it's like, for it's you. Like the people that watch Star Wars and are like. You know, or the people that like watch even like the MCU, which or has fucking Star Trek now problems. Oh, I yeah, was the on Star the Trek D- people. I was in a DS Nine Facebook group for all of like ten days, and and it was a, a fucking series of like rage quits by conservatives who were like, "It's too political here." I'm like, "Do you, you know even Star Trek, bro? Like DS Nine is yeah, like, DS Nine fucking political DS Nine. Fuck DS Nine is a lit like oh anyway." Uh. We're anyway. talking about the Blues Brothers. We're okay. not talking about DS Nine. We can save we'll, it later. We'll do later. Okay. Uh, anyway, but all I have to say: a mess. Fuck white a supremacy. A cab, and yeah, yeah. Fuck okay. white supremacy and a cab are the same phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Anyway. Nazis in the water. I now, hate Illinois Nazis. Now we hear the beautiful strains of John Lee Hooker singing Who, "Boom Boom." I honestly, I've never seen what John Lee Hooker looks like in my life. But yeah, yeah, yeah. as soon as he started singing, I was like. It's John That's Lee motherfucking John Lee Hooker. I know. I, know. I love John Lee Hooker's oh, music. Oh my gosh. So oh that gosh. was super exciting. And he's just, he's busking or yep. something. He's got this like little band around him and he's basically just like on the street yep. playing music. Yeah. And it, it's great because uh, it, John Lee Hooker. this one seemed to have like an ex- extended scene. I've seen some versions mm. of the film where it's just like you see him for like two seconds, like the very beginning. But this is an extended scene. We get more into the song. We see Jake and Elwood like kind of like 
back there just really enjoying it mm-hmm. uh you know the it, there's like a swap meet going on there you know people are like it's like flea market stuff everybody mm-hmm. it's just like everybody's on the street on the block just like loving life having that neighborhood moment oh, yeah it was great which is amazing the other thing that I actually i just realized about this movie that i really like is um it makes a point of jake and elwood always stopping to appreciate the music yeah and a lot of musicals you just sort of they the characters the main characters move through these musical scenes but yeah, they yeah. don't you know and either they're part of them or they just sort of they move through them as they happen and yeah, don't really yeah. acknowledge them but like in this film they really take they always stop and either get involved or just like they sit back and appreciate but they don't take over yeah and yeah. in this one they just really sit back yeah and just like which let is, it happen yeah which, which is like yeah. very much that sort of labor of love thing like yeah we have provided some john lee hooker moments for you like yeah, yeah. please please enjoy, enjoy your this john lee amazing hooker this mess. evening and you then know? there's this great this great part where john lee hooker is arguing with somebody about who originally wrote it <laughs> yeah. i love that and they're and they're still fighting like later after this other scene it's yeah, so great it's, it's so, so good so, so they're going into this this uh soul restaurant yeah and they they need to find matt guitar murphy yes uh okay so they go in they sit down at the counter and who comes to take their order but Aretha Franklin, a very young Aretha Franklin. Yeah, and it took me a minute. I know. I was, like I was, I was watching Molly out of the corner of my eye for so long, just waiting. Just I know, waiting. and and, and, and like, like it was such a weird moment because yeah. I was like, I, you know, she comes out and she was, and I was like, you know, she doesn't really seem like an actor, but I feel like I recognize mm-hmm. her. Not. And then of course she starts singing, and I was like. Yeah. Holy shit! But she's so young there. Yeah. So like, like all of these people are so young, and so like, you know, I was three when this movie came out, mm. right? So like, my 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 uh, you know, sort of visual of Aretha Franklin and James Brown and Cab mm. Calloway, because Cab Calloway did this song with Janet Jackson at some point, you know, before he passed, and like, so like, the, you know, they were like old, and you know, yeah. and here they are, like in totally. their, you know, well, Cab Calloway is quite old, but yeah. still recognizable but yeah it wasn't until she started singing that i'm like yes now she knows <laughs> um so jake uh our, our elwood orders um like white toast dry white toast yeah and then and then jake wants four whole fried chickens whole fried and chickens a and a coke yeah and, and this code is sent to the back uh where where you know right away they're recognized yeah mcintyre murphy is instantly like it's the blues brothers yeah and Aretha Franklin is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Those <laughs> bastards. Aretha Franklin is so over it this whole time. I love it. I love it. So there's this moment where he's like, so Matt Guitar Murphy is like asserting his manhood and everything. And Aretha's just like, fuck you, man. Like, yeah. like he's like, they were, they were comparing prison meals, right? Yeah. All three of these guys have been in prison and, you know, here she is. They've got this successful business. Yeah. Which apparently also makes some of the best fried chicken in the state. Yeah. So she, she, you know, she's, she's created this like. This uh, this stable home for him and everything. And yeah, and she fuck runs off. the business yeah. and he cooks and you know she's doing everything. All the things. Yeah, yeah, and he's gonna fuck off with these two guys who just show up out of nowhere who are no good. You yeah, know? like yeah, and so she she does her number. Her, her she she sings think think yes. think about what you're trying Ugh. to do to me. Also, so okay, so this was sort of the mo- moment in this movie where I was like, God. This movie is so sexist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you create a movie and you, like, Aretha Franklin is in it yeah. when you're getting your guitar player and, like, Matt Guitar Murphy is clearly, like, a hell of a guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see it later. Yeah. But, like, you don't fucking invite Aretha goddamn Franklin to join your band? I know. My right? God! No, it's an all-male band. Yeah, yeah. A true, travesty. True, true. Yeah. 
Like they could have done so much with that. Yeah. Like that would be um that would have been amazing oh instead God. of like making this like but weird she's a singer. Sort of, but she's a singer and they're the singers. Totally. Right? But I mean, but yeah. you know, I feel like the, yeah. like the opportunity is there instead of to make it some sexist like mm-hmm. oh well I'm the man and you're the woman and so you have to listen to you yeah, know what, what I, I want to do with my yeah. life whatever a partnership is yeah like fuck you sort of thing and then she has to sort of be the like. Well, you know, like here I am, just like Take go it. on then. All right, like, see ya. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. make that a moment and bring her in. So anyway, whatever. Apparently, a lot of the a lot of the singers, like Aretha Franklin, James Brown, um, were not used to lip syncing because why would they? Oh yeah, right. Yeah. So they actually really struggled in the filming for that. Right, of course. And the the James Brown one, um, they actually just like gave up and he just like recorded it live. Yeah, like they were just like they they just had him do it because he couldn't lip sync. Yeah, <laughs> well, fair. You're yeah, you know, you're James Brown. Yeah, like, it's not it's it, and it's a thing now, no, but it wasn't it's, such a thing back then. Totally, to and do. it's James Brown also like you know and he's he'd been in his career for probably a couple decades at yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah. You know, yeah. like oh yeah, whatever yeah. James Brown needs, <laughs> they were like just do right. it. You yeah. know, <laughs> okay, so, so they get him, and so okay, so he 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 runs off. And, uh, and, and the, the white saxophone player is left be, behind Blue Lou and he's kind of sitting there all forlorn and, she, forlorn and she's like, okay, well, you go too. And he's like, thank you. You know, like yeah. he, he needs permission. She's like, like, woohoo. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So then it's raining. It's dark. Mm-hmm. It's scary. There's thunder. Mm-hmm. There's a beauty salon named Curl Up and Die. Yeah. D-Y-E. Uh, it's so funny. Carrie Fisher's in there doing her nails and reading yeah. a uh, a manual for an M79 flamethrower, which, like, goals. Yeah. Goals. Why wouldn't you? I think all of us should learn how to use an I mean, M79 flamethrower. I, I feel like especially during this time of quarantine. Flamethrowers you know, are like, fucking so much fun. Yeah. Honestly, like, yeah, like tiger are, torches. I'd, like, I'm sure sourdough is also very fun, but, like, flamethrowers. Flamethrowers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to go out... And do, uh, farmers do this all the time too. You go out in the spring and you burn everything off. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's just like so much fun. Yeah. Burn, burn your, your, the brush. Yeah. Burn Burn the garbage. All the old garbage and all the bad things that need to go. The men that left you at the altar (laughs) and in celibacy. (laughs) Yes. Burn it down. (laughs) All right. And then they had to raise music emporium. Yeah. That's just another moment where it's just like, there's fucking Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Like, I know. Just incredible. Unreal. I don't know. Maybe they couldn't afford it. So the band, the, well, because think about this, the band, the, the band that they get together are all top notch blues, like, pl- like in, uh, musicians, like mm. all of them have played in various, very famous backup bands, but backup bands, these are not mm. like the, the, the headliners. Right. So I wonder if like, you know, and how do you, how do you put Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin and James Brown into, there's no fucking way. Those people are like, they are the center. They are the act, right? Yeah. Aretha Franklin opens her mouth. And yeah. Then, no, there's no like, way you're going to have those people like be together. It's, like, who, true. You know? it's just like, it's just, it sucks that like there's two women in the movie. Well, I guess three, if you include the penguin, but I don't know if yeah. she necessarily counts. Um, but it's like sort of this, this jilted wife, and then the sort of crazy ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Or the ex-fiance or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, that that bums me out about this film. But no. I mean, but it's, it is what it is, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm also thinking, you know, like the Boondock Saints, a movie that I totally love. Unbelievably sexist. Yeah. Similarly, like, incredibly narrow portrayals of women. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, I mean, this is literally two dudes yeah. who came up with this shtick. It's true. And we're like, we're yeah. going to dude it out. Dudely, yeah, in all the dude ways, and they did, they did, and they it. did, it. <laughs> they, and they did, did it, it. <laughs> yeah. And the, and here's the thing: is like, 
you know, we're still not at the point <laughs> where I think women have that opportunity yeah. to yeah, do yeah. that. And like, yeah. especially not, you know, like BIPOC women, like, mm-hmm. you know, some, like where is our multi-million dollar, like fucking up dozens and dozens of cops like i know can you imagine nazis here just here's here we're gonna go i so can't m- imagine that's something oh. i can imagine so deeply we're gonna we're gonna go so massively over budget by the way here's all your here's a budget for your entertainment aka cocaine yeah i mean we would use that to <laughs> just like have rugs endless fucking karaoke here's the fucking up cops we would budget. we would fly in all our buds from all over the world to just do karaoke like every and also night drugs yeah, I mean, like... But, Whatever, we're but, rich, we're rich superstars now. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, wild. So, okay, so, so anyway. anyway. Ray Charles Music Emporium. There's Ray Charles. He, there he is. Largest life. Yeah. Uh, so, they're they're talking about getting some stuff, and then this kid comes in and tries to steal <laughs> yeah. a, guitar. a guitar. Yeah, like, and a, it looks like, like a Fender or something. Yeah, Ray Charles shoots, like, obviously above him, like, a, and doesn't hit the guitar Shoot either. some warning rounds. Yeah, and, like complete accuracy yeah and chases chases this kid off and uh i this is the first time i noticed the wooden indian in the uh in the doorway i I missed it i missed it it's just a flash of it yeah it's just a flash i mean like whatever yeah no but but it is interesting right because this movie you know especially when you like it, it like a lot of it is filmed on scene yeah and so you get these scenes where you know they're shooting up buildings and you know all of that and so like i wonder if that wooden indian was already there or if they had brought it in and if oh they i'm sure it was already in, there yeah well i mean even if it was but still if there, it was like, a choice yeah. yeah yeah i don't know i think it's a it's an interesting bit of imagery yeah um because the only other place you see indigenous people is when they're in the jail at the end yeah true 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 uh anyway okay it's going so on here, there. and they're in chicago it's not like there's no yeah it's not like there's no there. Native there but it's like people are just starting to realize that anyway yeah so they do a dance number great dance number yeah oh uh, because because uh ray charles is like here's a great keyboard best keyboard yeah. in chicago and they're trying to two thousand dollars and they're yeah. like this keyboard is used and there's no life left in the keys and ray charles is like oh what do you mean? And he, then he just and like then he rips it out. Playing. Yeah. Uh, and then there's, yeah, great dance number. I love it. I love it because like, okay, so, you know, these are like old dance moves, right? So, mm. um, because there's always new dance moves, like, which are innovated by black people, right? So black people come up with these like new dance moves and then they become the thing that everybody does on fucking TikTok, all these like white kids and shit. And nobody's ever like, nobody, you know, it's, it, what really bugs me the most is when people are making fun of the youth, right Mm. they invariably make fun of trends that black people started that became really popular that became like separated from the labor of black people Mm -hmm. that becomes now like this catch-all thing that belonged to the youth aka the white youth like youth culture yeah 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 it's like not youth culture anyway so we got i uh, it's interesting so we got the twist we got the fly we got the swim the bird the duck the monkey the watusi the frug the mashed mashed potato potato. the boogaloo and the bony moroni so like all of these like old dance moves and so, like, these are things, you know, just like now where people, like, you know, they, they catch on and people do them all the time and they show them and then they change them and add more things. And I love the fact that that has never stopped. Like, that is, like, if somebody, if somebody were to, like, catalog all of the dance moves that black people have come up with over the centuries, like, we're talking mm. an encyclopedic amount of knowledge that you would need to have. Um, and, and how much money have black people made off of that? Yeah. Fucking zilch. Yeah. zilch so you have all of this that's like it just goes into like the culture mm. right like it just gets it, it just gets disseminated and i don't know it's just well it's interesting right mind. because it's like, there's this sort of idea that 
like things enter as things enter the culture, mm-hmm. right? It's sort of like it, once it's in the culture, it becomes this sort of like nameless, almost originless yeah. sort of up. And then there are certain people who are allowed to profit off of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And who gets to profit off of it? And like, in a lot of cases, it's like sort of also framed as like you improve upon it. Like this yeah. is the best version of whatever this <laughs> right, is, right? Right. Right. And those are the people that make money, Ugh. and those are the people that are almost invariably white. Yeah. Which is like it's a mess. It's it a is. Mess, like, it's a fucking mess. And then when people are like, "Hey, maybe I should get paid," you know, you just made a whole bunch of money. It's like they're they're sort of like told like they're being greedy and like nobody yeah. owns culture. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ah! Yeah, you're capitalizing on yeah. culture. Well, fucking... That's literally what fucking... What culture yeah, is. That's what everybody else... Is capitalizing on culture. Yeah. Look at the fucking yoga trend. Like, look, everything that white people have stolen and capitalized on and enriched themselves with. Fuck! Yeah. Anyway. And that's actually something, you know, like, as fucked up as, like, the invisibilization and erasure is of indigenous cultures. Like, we experience so much less of that bullshit mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. black people do. Mm-hmm. And, like... It almost seems like we like we have almost like this little base, almost like a reprieve from that. Like yeah, obviously, yeah. you know, like the the fucking smudging and the headdresses and like there's there's yeah. a lot of yeah, shit, there's there's obviously. that stuff and there's like the original like not food and stuff, but there's not the ongoing. Yeah, like we don't have people who are now like. I mean, sometimes every once in a while they see it, but like, there's not a huge, massive global trend of people wearing ribbon skirts. Yeah, and like, and just like decontextualizing that. I mean, it could happen. The, they've picked up the entire band, but they don't really have a gig yet. They don't mm-hmm. really have a plan. They're just sort of making it up as they go, as Métis do, mm-hmm. right? You just, they, they've got everything that they need. They have the tools that they need. Now they're just waiting for the Lord to provide. And the Lord will and does provide for them because they are on his mission. Okay, now me not being at all like into Catholicism or, or, or like Christianity at all, I still feel like this fits in with like Métis spirituality in the sense that like, you know, if you have good intentions, like what you mm. put out into the world, your words matter, the, the spirit of your words matter. Like if you put that into the world, then things happen. Right? Like your intent is really, really important. So their intentions here are good. They've got the team that they need, right? And and they're going forth. So yeah. I don't I don't I don't actually ascribe this to God. I just think that this is like the natural order. So, well I mean but but I, I think that's also like it's a really good point because you also get, you know, like these Métis men are just like men in general who pull all sorts of shit, mm-hmm. but they always seem to sort of just glide through it. Yep, which obviously is partially patriarchy. Yep, yep. Um, but it, it it's very much like you know when when you are like part of it is that men have the space. Not obviously not all men all the time, but like men in general have the space to be fixated on these singular goals in a way that women often don't well these these guys they don't have families they don't have children they're not Mm -hmm. leaving anybody behind or any any other family obligations or even really like they don't really seem to have that many friendship obligations Mm -hmm. like and Mm -hmm. in the end sort of they they take care of their bandmates and stuff but in general they don't you know the the general thing is is the bandmates are their family which means that you know whatever happens with them happens and you know if 
people feel like they're taking advantage of, they're being taken advantage of or whatever. Like it's not really exploitation. It's just yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. how the, the chips fall. Sometimes. Yeah. They'll, they'll work it out. They'll work yeah. it out somehow. It all evens out in the end. So they're, they go into a phone booth. They're like, we got to call this agent that we used to have. Yeah. And they Maurice both cr- line. Yes. Great agent. Name. I know. <laughs> so they both like, they both cram into this, this, uh, phone booth, which you don't even see anymore. Yeah. Next I, to this very obvious propane. I tank. know. It was so funny. Actually that the fact that you cannot find phone booths anywhere is like, yeah, they just disappeared. They just disappeared, and like payphones just—they're gone. I know it's—it's it's actually really like problematic. Because totally, like, I've even been stuck in situations where I really needed to like let somebody know where I was, and I had no way of doing it. Like yeah. I didn't have my cell phone or whatever. Anyway, I was I was using payphones up until like I didn't get a cell phone until I think I was 19, 18, 19 or twenty. I Fuck, think I didn't get one until just like a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. just like I like I relied. Like if like I had yeah I had a few I did uh, that whole like collect call scrapes. hey I'm at I'm at this corner come get me yeah you know before they have to pay for a shit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. totally yeah. I'm just in the sirens okay so uh, anyway Carrie Fisher just rolls up yeah. And I, and I instantly, I was like, that is a very obvious purpose. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what that could be doing. So there. clear. She rolls up with her flamethrower, which she is built and mm-hmm. knows everything about. And the curl and die. Yeah. Curl up and die. Yep. <laughs> Sets the propane tank on fire. Booth flies into the air. And then Just she gets launched like, great. like hundreds of feet into the air. And at this point, at this point, Jake has like 25 cents to his name. You yep. have enough for one phone call. Yeah. Uh, so it flies into the air falls back to earth obviously they're fine and it smashes open the 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 thing with all the yeah, change so, so now they have like for them. they have like seven bucks which change. like i'm sorry but i was really like feeling for carrie fisher in that moment because you know when you just want your shitty ex yeah, to, to suffer, just suffer and then they just really seem like they're thriving i know and they keep fucking it's almost like he was rewarded i know yeah I they're not hurt at all they get that yeah whatever i hate that shit okay we're back at nats nazi a hq yeah. He's like painting this like eagle gold or whatever. That was Fucking actually super funny. Oh my god. That's the kind of thing like I don't know. I feel like sort of as Nazism has become sort of normativized <laughs> or renormativized. It yeah, I never I wasn't. Even fucking I don't know. It. Like yeah. I don't even know how to talk about it, right? Because no. it's like it never went away. No, it never um, went away. But but I think currently we see these sort of like really sort of ridiculous satirizations of Nazism and white supremacy. Like, really just out of control. Like, they're just clowns. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like this portrayal of them was so much more effective. And just that that little thing of, like, he's painting this eagle. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's made of foam or something. He's painting yeah. a gold. I, I just felt like that was but all such of their, better satire than so much of what I've seen. Yeah. But all of, of their it. stuff, too. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure they were driving Volkswagens. And yeah. Like only just like these, like, kind of like, shitty cars. Yeah, and Just German stuff. You know, that, that but, it, but it is, like, that banality of evil. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's so banal. Yeah. And they're, and it, like, it makes fun of them. But they don't, they're not cartoonish. They're not mm-hmm. clownish mm-hmm. in any way. They're literally just people who are pieces of shit yeah yeah <laughs> you know? literally like to like a piece of shit walking around yeah and i think that's that's important right because yeah, yeah, yeah stop you, stop fucking portraying these people in the sympathetic light stop being like oh this guy was a nazi and then fools. he learned not to be shut the fuck up yeah. maybe he shouldn't have been a nazi in the first fucking place yeah maybe like, he deserves to fucking fall through the asphalt into yeah, hell 100 do not need to fucking humanize nazis no thanks not even a little bit not even by making them like just these these clownish people yeah like, they where know they're like what ineffective they're no doing. these people like are literally like especially right now with everything going on you know that these motherfuckers are out there and like loving every moment 
of everything that's going on as a cover to go out and fuck shit up. Like, yeah. kill people. Like, it's like... Yeah. Like, we saw it... You see it during natural disasters. You know, Katrina. All of these things. These motherfuckers go out and, like, literally kill people and never pay for it. So, like, at no point do we ever need to, like, make it so that Nazis are, like, these funny clowns that we don't have to worry about or these, like, buffoons who just can't, like, tie their own shoelaces. No. Yeah. These people know what they're doing. They're dangerous. They don't deserve free speech. They don't deserve to be heard. They don't deserve fucking anything. Like, nothing. No nothing. They deserve a boot to the face. Pretty much. All right. So, now we're listening to Patsy Klein as we're headed mm. to Bob's country bunker. Yeah. Oh, oh, so so also the the point of this Nazi scene is basically like they discover who these guys are that drove mm. them off the bridge and they vow revenge. Yes, yes. And it is and it is it's like it's seen as threatening, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is I think really important, right? It's not seen as like, oh well, will these guys manage to do it? They're like, going to come exercise knows? their free speech. Yeah, no, it's like No, they're going to fucking yeah, yeah. It's like they're going to fuck them up. This is actually a real threat. Um and these guys they are, they're like you know, they, they are absurd human beings, mm-hmm. but they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, yes. So they find Bob Bob's country bunker. And they seem to just be sort of driving around. And Jake's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a gig, guys. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, basically his batmates are, are, at this point, they're fed up. They're ready to quit. So he's like, yeah, yeah, here we go. Here's the gig. Here's the gig. So they, they roll up. It says good old boys, but it's uh, the good old blues brothers. <laughs> yeah, so they're just going to talk them, themselves into a gig. Luckily, the band that was actually booked isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. So they go in. Mission from God. And they go into this beautiful, like, shitty old bar, right? Yeah. Like, oh, like, it's amazing. like the Wabamim Hotel. It's like, it's like every small town hotel. It's just like, like what you were talking about, how it still smells like cigarette smoke, even though like people stopped smoking, you know, a couple decades ago. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just like these long, these long sort tables, of rough hewn tables yeah, yeah. and benches and, and hay bales in the back, big dance floor. <laughs> and yeah, like, you know, it's sort of like the... The the struts for the the walls you can and smell the ceiling and yeah you can you can you can <laughs> smell it yeah oh so they go so in great. Jake bullshits his way in mm-hmm. we're the band they're like great and he's like uh, so what kind of music do you usually play here oh we play both ty- both kinds country, country and, and western, western. <laughs> which like I grew up in rural Alberta and honestly I could not tell you the difference between country and western I, I didn't like is that just a joke I, I think thought, I think well, there's there also country western well I think I don't it, know. I, maybe that's a hybrid genre. A hybrid? I don't know. A cross, a cross genre. Maybe it was just like a joke, but I, I, I feel like maybe there is actually some sort of difference. And I, I don't, don't know. know don't add us about it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, You're right. But so anyway, so uh, so they're at Bob's Country Bunker. They've talked their way in. And um, I don't I don't know who the musician is that, that Bob hands the list to, but Bob basically hands this musician. He's like, well, you're the tallest. You take this list. Guy opens it up and is like, oh, what's this? And it, and Bob says, oh, this is the list of songs you're supposed to play. And he's like, uh. And he's like, okay. Um, which also, like, I find that so interesting, right? Because I think part of what that does for me watching this movie for the first time is that it sets sort of country music as this sort of semi-repressive genre and yeah. blues as And, and typical to blues, which is yeah. funny because black people also started country music. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, but what? Like, yeah. I don't. I don't see that analysis reflected, right? You no, see not sort of at like all. country and blues as being really pitted against one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, country, country and western music is it, like here. It's obviously being portrayed as this like white redneck. Totally. Music. 
yeah, totally. which is like what white people want it to be. Yeah. Um, and that's why they get so fucking mad when Beyonce like yeah. does a country song or yeah. when like and she has to play with the Dixie Chicks. I'm yeah. like, love the Dixie Chicks. Yeah. But that performance, Beyonce just oh my god! I mean, they, no, them out they of the were water. just they were just her willing beard. Yeah, <laughs> it was great, mm. right? Mm. I think like, that's how I feel that that was. Anyway, uh, yes. Okay, so they they get onto the stage and the stage is completely covered in chicken wire. Thank God, honestly. I know. And I was like, like that's weird. That's sort of BDSM for a country <laughs> bar. <laughs> But uh, it, it turns out to be, like, really useful. Yeah. So they them. start their regular blues set. They start singing uh, Give Me Some Lovin' by Spencer Davis. And all of a sudden, people are, like, just booing and throwing bottles and smashing. And they're and so, so mad. They're like, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't come to this bohunk bar for this. <laughs> so they're, yeah, so the chicken wire is to protect them from all the flying bottles. <laughs> and so then they're like, okay, okay. And so then they start singing the theme from Rawhide. 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 Oh, my God. And so then funny. people are throwing bottles in appreciation. I know, I know. It's like, woo. <laughs> they're like, we love this shit. Which, like, I'm going to be honest, like, thinking back to myself as a teenager, and, like, if I'd grown up and then continued you know, on, on the path that I was and <laughs> whatever. If, if I had seen a stage that was covered in chicken wire, like that, yeah. that was just begging for bottles to be thrown at, I 100%, whatever I was feeling in that moment, yeah. as soon as I finished my beer, <laughs> would just fucking huck that. Well, nobody stopped them. Nobody was like, Hey, don't do no, that. No, this is so completely like, normalized. This it's is like, the culture. it's like that bar in Banff where you just eat the peanuts and throw the shells on the floor and so you're like knee deep in peanuts by the end of the That's night. so fucking nasty. Also, that sounded like you said penis at first and mm. it was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You just shell those penises, penises. Okay. throw them on the horrible, floor. Horrible. Uh, that, that was such a horrible vision. Yeah. I'm sorry. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, That's it's like, gross. it's like the same thing. Or, or isn't it so like, like pe- aren't they, aren't there like oyster bars where you like, you fucking throw your shells onto like the, 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 the straw on the floor or some shit like okay, that. Okay. I'm going to be honest. Thing? That is so much grosser because yeah. it's seafood. Oh yeah. It's nasty. Like peanuts. That's one thing. Like yeah, peanut, yeah. peanut shells, they're dry. They're salted. Who gives really a shit? enunciate that? Cause I'm still getting the vision. Those peanut <laughs> thank you shells <laughs> are very dry. They're like mummified peanuts. Oh, God. Uh, uh, they're, you know, like sort of anyway. emaciated, dried husks <laughs> okay. of a peanut. <laughs> I don't know. That's still okay. That's, anyway, that's still getting <laughs> gross. Okay. So we then they on sing, a wine bottle. <laughs> <laughs> then they sing stand by your man. Yes. Which I appreciate. Yeah. So I, so I have a, a, a story about my dad with stand by your man. <laughs> I, I, so this was like one of those songs that I instantly was like, it's stand by your man. Um, because my dad loves to sing stand by your man, even though he's like, this song is so sexist, but I'm going to sing stand by your man. Uh, and he tell, loves to tell the story about this time that so my dad loves, um, paddle surfing mm. and anytime he gets a chance to have a vacation, he, he road trips, uh, to go paddle surfing. And so often he goes to LA to get the surfing in. Is this water? That's water. All right. Uh, tell it's me, meant tell for me plants, but it's probably fine in there. Oh, fuck. Whatever. Um, the and plants can share. Yeah. And so he goes to LA and this one time he was walking along the beach. Actually, I think he was carrying his guitar, maybe. Your dad I sounds think. like such a hippie. Yeah. My dad is a bit of a hippie and he's with the dog or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's walking along the beach at sunset and he runs into this wedding. And so he plays stand by your man for oh them God. and they love it. And then they make him play like a whole set. And then the 
father of the bride is trying to give him all this money and he, like invite him back to the reception and like all this I want to hear your dad sing Stand By Your Man. My dad is like like he's the old school like sitting around the campfire yeah. playing the harmonica and oh the guitar gosh. like Amazing. Neil Young. I thought my dad was Neil Young until <laughs> I was 15 years old. That's okay. I thought Frank Zappa was my uncle so. That's true. Legit. Yeah. So yeah. And my dad like I don't know where he got this but he makes friends like that. I think the only one of us who inherited that is my little sister. You're like that. You're very, you're very gregarious. I don't think, I, see, I don't you think You might not that. be, you, you're, if you're comparing yourself to your family, then mm. I can see how you're like, no. Because I, like, okay. I've, I've met your brother. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of I'm the sister. least gregarious yes. one in my family. But it's like, it's like how, like, how somebody we know who belongs to a family <laughs> of amazing Métis fiddlers and singers oh, does not consider be? himself yes. to be, a, like, refuses to sing. Yeah. And yet he's an excellent singer. Yeah, but excellent when he compares singer. himself like professional to his family, singer, yeah. yeah, yeah, when he compares himself to his family, he's like, a, like he's nothing. Yeah. Right. Which is part yeah. of the reason, honestly, why I think it's so important when you, like, especially when you're around children. Yeah. Like, don't, like, just encourage them oh, yeah. what they want to do. Encourage the yeah, way that yeah, they yeah. express themselves. Yeah. Like, don't, you know, like, don't be like, don't oh. Don't be like, hey, do this. Yeah. Instead, or, or, or like, you know, you're, you're not, uh, you know, you need to, like, your pitch is off. Yeah. Or yeah. your whatever. Like. Oh, my God. Don't no. do that to kids, No, man. it's so easy to shut people down. Especially when they're young. Oh. It, and, and I mean, that continues until you're, like mid twenties, honestly. At least. Like, at least. Like it doesn't matter if we're talking about learning languages or music or anything. The second you sort of like make fun of somebody, like you it, it just like shuts them down so fast. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So just don't do that. Just like, don't we don't do that. we don't all need to be I don't care if you're Aretha Franklin. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if you're Aretha Franklin, uh like and, and everybody else is not Aretha and also, Franklin. Like, I'm sorry, but how many people who have had that kind of talent who have gotten shit on yeah, or even just like critiqued, just in that bad moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just, like who just up? gave up? Oh, right. Yeah. Like let's let's encourage people, even if you're not ever going to be a professional level mm-hmm. singer or you know the most like the bestest at anything. Yeah, just like whatever or the bestest or like nobody the most, needs to be the best. The bestest at making friends or yeah. the bestest at public speaking or whatever. It is. Who cares? Yeah. Like oh again, labor of love. If your heart's in it, if you love doing it, just do it. Just That's do like, it. And there, there again, this is why we love karaoke because and you don't need to be proficient. You just need to share the love in your heart. Yeah. And again, it boils down to doing the thing, doing the thing. We love doing the thing. All right. So they do their show. Then, uh, Jake is like, Hey, so are you going to pay us? And he's like, yeah, it was $200 for the gig, but you boys drank $300 worth of beer. So you owe us money. So he's like, ah, uh, okay. And this is where he's the like, scamming happens. Yeah. yeah. So they just scam him big time, right? He's like, he tells everybody to leave because, like, he tells the band, hey, they want us to pay for our Which, drinks. Which, that's really good, responsible, relational business. Yeah, he made sure that they were not in the line of fire at all. Yeah. And also, like, maybe he could have gone and, and, and got a collection from them. Maybe they had the money. Mr. Six Figures, Mr. Fabulous probably yeah, had the money. Yeah, probably did. But he's like, we're not fucking paying for that. Yeah. He's like, this is some bullshit. Like, so they hightail it. And yeah. they're going to clean up the mess. Yeah. Uh, and then the good old boys who were originally slated to play finally show up in their Winnebago. Yeah, and they're ridiculous. They're they're dressed like the Grand Old Opry. Oh my god, totally. Like Porter Wagner suits, um, just outrageous accents, like the square jaw, oh like god. the full deal. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Jake instantly starts pretending he's from the Musicians Union, <laughs> which I love that the American Federation of Musicians yeah, local. Yeah. What is he? Two hundred or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and oh, do you have a permit to play here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the guy gets all threatening, and he's like, "Oh, don't worry, we'll take care of it." With you know, I'll, I'll go, I'll go do what deal with Bob. Yeah, basically just 
fomenting chaos. And then they go talk to Bob and they're like, yeah, I got, and he, and he gives this like hilariously detailed thing about how he has to go into the car and sign this check. Yeah. Co-sign this check, like on the dashboard. So they fucking speed off. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. And the Cowboys start chasing them in the Winnebago, but with, Bob, with Bob. Yeah. From so Bob's got, they, country bunker. It's like, they've got this, like uh, the sleeping area up, up top, top and you just see the faces <laughs> of these guys like peering out. <laughs> so they've got so many people packed into this Winnebago. Oh my God. And my favorite line is, uh, Elwood's like, our, our lady of blessed acceleration. Don't fail me now. Yeah. Is there a lady of blessed acceleration? Honestly, there's so many yeah. fucking saints. There might be. Is, I feel like there's a saint literally for everything. Like a saint for toe fungus. And there probably is a saint for toe fungus. And cheese rinds. I don't know. Like <laughs> There's almost certainly a saint for cheese. Oh my God. Uh, whether they've diversified into rinds yet, who knows, wow. but it's coming if wow. it's not already happened. I guess. I Cheese guess is important. The slate yeah. is filling up. Yeah. So then, um, hilariously, they, they sort of blow past uh, the the original two cops that were chasing yeah, them. who were just sitting there by the side of the highway. I see, I, I figured that they probably got into some trouble for going through the mall, so that was their mm. like, penitence or whatever. Makes sense. Makes sense. And so they're like, oh my god, it's them. And so they rip out, and then the Winnebago crashes yeah, into Yeah, just them. T-bones them. Whoa, ah, ah, ah. That's and right. So. Good old boys, racist rednecks, fucking slamming into the cops. It's like yep. it's like your white supremacy just like folded in on itself. Yep. Uh, and then they're in the sauna with Maurice Lyon. So also, so the question that I wanted to ask about this too was: Is this scene a takeoff from previous movies where you're meeting somebody in a sauna, and or is this the? genesis of movies where you meet and make deals in a sauna. I'm almost certain that this is a continuation of, because I'm thinking okay. like, isn't there a scene in The Godfather? Because I was also thinking yeah. like, is there a scene in The Godfather? There's so there must be. be a scene in The Godfather for yeah. both thinking Godfather. I, I'm, I'm almost certain. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that must be like a, yeah. a joke that kind of, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like where guys go to like talk business, right? Like, yeah. do, do people do that anymore? Like you get all fucking naked and sweaty and sit there with a with towel? other in, with other dudes talking business, Just a bunch of naked dudes and like honestly, towels. probably because know. like dude business is weird. You yeah, know? it's true. Like anything to exclude doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. I don't know, fucking know. Um, but anyway, the best part of the scene is that um, Maurice Line is still wearing all of his gold chains, and the Blues <laughs> Brothers are still wearing their hats and sunglasses. their hats and sunglasses in the fucking so, sauna. Okay, so I was paying attention Nasty. to this. The only time there are two instances in the movie where you see either of their eyes. Yes. Dan Aykroyd, when, when he's quits. in the glue factory, yep. when he quits, but he's wearing... Safety glasses. Clear glasses. So he's still wearing glasses, and then Jake, when he reveals his eyes to Carrie Fisher, but that's it. Otherwise, they're in... They're they're driving at night with the, with sunglasses. the sunglasses. Yeah, it's the shtick. And they comment on it. Yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. Anyway, so it's so, a time with Maurice Line. So he gets them a gig at the Palace Hotel Ballroom. And, but he doesn't want to. They no, to he doesn't want him. to. No, they, they have to blackmail him. For God. Yeah, they're basically like, we're going to tell your wife about all the things we know about what you've been doing. And yeah. he's like, okay, fuck, I'll get you this gig. Yeah. And then Cab Calloway organizes all the cute, adorable little orphans to mm-hmm. hand out show bills. And to Fats Domino uh, singing Walking, they're driving around with that huge-ass microphone that they traded the caddy for. The, the original blues mobile strapped to the top of the new blues mobile. Oh, so this is... That this- was the microphone they traded it for. Oh, not not a singing microphone, a sweet I ass see. huge I megaphone. See. Okay, yeah. So they're they're riding around these like lakefront vacation spots, I guess. Sort of like yeah. This is this is where they bring in sort of the the upper crust. Mm-hmm. Like this is where the white people yeah, come. This into is where this the white film. people come in for the money, which is interesting because like the show is two bucks. 
you know, mm. even in the 1980s terms, that's not a lot of money. Yeah. But yeah, they do. They went, they, they go and they troll the white vacation spots to, to bring I in. mean, may, so this is another moment where I'm like, you're totally right. That doesn't make sense. But I guess like, you know, the Palace Hotel is sort of out of the way. So you yeah. need a car to get there. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, yeah. But, this is not like in the city anymore. It's like. Yeah. But maybe the other thing is that they're expecting like a $2 sort of pay what you can, but they're expecting the white people to put more money in or something. I don't know. I can't imagine that they would. Like when do white people know. ever be like, eh, I only have to pay two dollars, but I'm going to give you fifty. Feeling especially generous. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm like, I'm, I'm just wondering if like that ended up on the cutting room floor, like a reason that they did that because it does. It does seem strange that. I mean, maybe it's not strange that like the whole movie is about sort of like these black community spaces, like yeah, being yeah. on the block, being in the church, and then all of a sudden it's an all white space. And the well, only it's not black all white, pe- but it's like pretty pretty white. Yeah, very. And then white. it's Cab Calloway. And Macatar Murphy are the only black folks involved in the and the band. drummer whose name is oh yeah yeah uh, they don't say it in the movie no, but they it's do. in the credits no they do they do they do I, I can't remember their their Will like, they call him too big Willie too big something Willie yeah, yeah, yeah Willie something right anyway um, whatever but he doesn't yeah he doesn't have really like I don't know a big role I don't know um, so they go get all these people I guess who have expendable income. Yeah. Um, and so they're, so they're, yeah, they're riding around just like announcing it with this big megaphone. Mm-hmm. Um, also the, the, uh, the, um, the guy prints up all these show bills, like these posters. Mm-hmm. And so the poster was part of the insert of the, uh, LP when he bought it. And so my, I had that poster hanging in my house when I was young growing up. And I thought it was like for the longest time, like honestly, until I was like a teenager, I thought it was like for an actual show that my parents had been to. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I just assumed. Right. And, and like, and I was like, then I saw the movie and I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe they toured. I don't know. Like (laughs) it was just, but it was just the shtick. Right. But I was like, Oh my God, like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. So they run into cast. Of course they do. Yeah. uh, Before the gig and they're kind of stranded. Yeah. They're stranded. Uh, Twiggy pulls up. Oh yeah. Well, first they have to push the car into. The oh yeah, gas they station. push the car. The and gas it seems station like they is push out of the gas. car like for miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For uh, sure. the, the gas station is out of gas because the tanker's always late on Thursdays. Which apparently, like, apparently the tanker just comes at a different time on Thursdays. Whatever. Um, so they're they're stuck there. Just the, waiting. Yeah. The '60s model. Well, I guess maybe she was a '70s model. Uh, she was I don't a even '70s know. model. Twiggy, uh, Twiggy yeah. pulls up. I always associate her with the '60s for some reason. She might have been. I feel like she was early. Tw- I'd have to look it up. She didn't seem that old. Like, so yeah, she was. She was like in the. She sort of like was one of the mod yeah. era. Like yeah, I remember with with like the huge short, eyelashes. Back. Yeah, the short hair and the huge eyelashes. Yeah, back when those were like, big again. Yeah, so skinny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she pulls up, and uh, Elwood starts flirting with her outrageously. Uh, just yeah, totally and ineptly. It's great. Yeah, I love really it. bad. Like, oh, you have other plans tonight? Well, you know, if those plans fall through for any reason, you can meet me at this hotel down the no, highway. Motel. You motel. Sorry, motel. I love that. And why why don't you meet me? At and this she's in this like motel. fancy, you know, like topless car, and she's yeah. got this like posh British accent. Topless car. Oh, well, what do you call it? Well, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the tops down. I don't know. No, it's I a like topless it. Car. It made it sound even more like ooh, <laughs> risque. Yeah, and and he's. I like, only drive topless cars. He he uh, he charges her for the gas outrageously. Oh yeah, like, ninety five dollars. So yeah, 
and it's not his gas or anything, but whatever. And yeah, but and it's meanwhile, the, it's the scam. He's running the scam. I know. I love the scam. He always got to run the scam. This is when he goes and steals a bunch of random shit from the gas station too. <laughs> and the gas, like, it didn't have to, like, they're filling up, and it doesn't have the thing that automatically stops. So we see that it's just puking gas, yeah, like onto the ground. And uh, Jake's sitting there drinking a, a bottle of alcohol, and it's empty. And as he turns it upside down, he know, he looks at his watch, and he's like, "Oh shit, we got to get to the show." Yeah, <laughs> just so obvious. <laughs> so they haul ass. They haul ass, and uh, as they're hauling ass out of there, um, one, I can't remember who it is, but uh, Jake probably yeah throws a lit cigarette out the window. He's done with it, and the gas station explodes, which like seems to serve no purpose. Yeah, basically they're just they're sowing chaos wherever they go. They were like, "Let's have a great explosion." Yeah, you know? they're like, like, "We got we got." a budget for a great explosion we're, we're actually doing less coke than we thought so we have this extra money uh let's blow up a gas station oh my god um so meanwhile the palace hotel ballroom is absolutely packed and the crowd yeah. is restless orphans will do that yes yeah and so uh then the cops start showing up oh my god so many cops uh so john candy's there um he calls the cops he gets a, he gets a copy of the poster and is like oh i know where the blues brothers are gonna be calls the cops they start pouring in the good old boys show up. They're armed with just like axe handles, axe handles which, which is, is like, like very intimidating. Yeah, actually. super threatening. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like they they look like they're ready to fucking bust some heads. They absolutely are. Um, and this is where this is where it starts getting outrageous with the number of cops. Like it <laughs> yeah. just cops start pouring out of oh, yeah. every crevice. At this point, it's like dozens, dozens of cops. Yeah, if not hundreds. Like they start. Yeah. They start filling up the ballroom. They're they're filling up the streets. Like they're just mobilized. Yeah. And again. The the foundation of this is that Elwood is a bad driver. Like Elwood yeah, has it's violations. Yeah, the traffic violation. And the traffic violation is that he's falsely pulled over for running a red light when the light is yellow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not yeah. even like he but didn't now, actually even run a red light. It doesn't matter anymore because he is like he's impugned their honor. This yeah. is like a, all about revenge at this point, totally. which is like pretty apropos, fuckers. Yeah. So they um, they drive into this tunnel, sort of. I think they're they're wise to the fact that there's going to be a bit of a presence there. And above the tunnel is the million cops, right? Yeah. So Cap Calloway's trying to buy time. I can't remember what his name is in this. Curtis. <clears throat> okay, right. So he's he's like, where are they? The crowd's restless. So he breaks into uh, uh, like a straight up '30s rendition of Minnie the Moocher. Apparently, so he wanted to do sort of like an updated disco version, and they shot it down. They're like, no, 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 mm. let's keep it true to the original. Yeah, like because there's which they, was a good move. Yeah, because they yeah. reference disco a few times, but there's no pejoratively. Disco. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They're so, like, oh no, the, like yeah. the clubs just want disco these days. Yeah, like, they don't yeah, want yeah. you know, like people just want to dance. And this is the thing, like you got to remember at this time. Right, like, um, I mean, disco, disco didn't last that long, but disco was sort of like the pop mainstream music of the time that was yeah. sort of supplanting all this like classic, you know, what people consider to be their their genres of music, right? And it's the same stuff that happens every generation is where people are like, this isn't music, my stuff that I listen to is music, yeah. right? So it's like it's a bit of that snobbery, but it also like keeps it sort of like pure to the to the message, right? Mm. And so Cab Calloway, you know, they're just dressed normally, but then when they open the curtains, all of a sudden there's this sort of like almost dream sequence yeah. where they've got this beautiful setup. Cab Calloway's in this three-piece, like suit totally with the white long suit tails with the and tails and everything, pulls off Minnie the Moocher. Which is also oh. a classic oh. musical thing. Oh, it's, yeah. It's a classic That's musical true, trope. I guess. Which, like, I'm, I'm just, like, okay. so blown away by the fact that, like, you've been watching this movie for decades, mm-hmm. presumably your whole <laughs> life. 
And you were always like, it's not a musical. I don't come from educated people that fucking know what musicals are, all right? Other than Disney what, and shit. What, like, what kind of education do you need to know what a musical is? Like, aside from, like, seeing musicals. There were, there were a couple of people I went to school with who actually went to, like, operas and musicals. Like, I could never afford that. Well, who, yeah, so nobody like, can. I don't, no, fucking people well, do people that, do. you know? Like, I don't know. So I don't know anything about this stuff. So whatever. Shut up, Molly. Whatever. <laughs> you just decided that this is what happened is you decided you, you saw, I don't know, you saw like Tommy or something and decided that you didn't like it. And then you were just like, any ever, I don't like musicals. And so anything I do like is not a musical. Actually, I think what it was, was I, I did have a friend in high school who ended up moving to Edmonton and then going to Vic, the theater school. Well, it's not, it's an art school. And then hanging out with all these theater kids. And I went and visited her and hung out with these theater kids. And I was and like, they were like so oh, insufferable. The they were theater kids. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking horrible. I want to go home and just like be around normal people. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, whatever. I don't know. High I'm school. sure, High school I'm sure rough, there's man. some like trauma there, mm. but, um, okay. Minnie the Moocher. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah, incredible. Wonderful number. And, he, and he's doing the like, hi, hi, hi. And the whole and crowd. And everything. Yeah. Like, oh, it was so fun. All right. So as the Blues Brothers are sort of trying to get into the venue, they're sort of like grooving with the music. They they go, they put glue on the gas pedal in the Winnebago. Yeah, and, and yeah, Elwood just pulls out this glue yeah. and he's like, this glue is like this chemical compound yeah. and it's been, you know, like pressurized to this level. And so it's going to have these properties. And so he like, yeah, he glues the good old boys van um, gas pedal. So w- when when one of them steps on it, like his foot's going to get stuck. He starts just pumping glue into the cops' tires, and apparently they spend time because there's like 20 cop cars out front. Yeah, or something. yeah. So they're like sabotaging everything, yeah. and I love the fact that he's like consistently the f- the guy who has the solutions, right? Yeah, totally. Jake Jake has like sort of the. I feel like Jake's more of the sort of interpersonal scammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Elwood pulls the heists. Yeah. You yeah. know, like he just is, is constantly sort of, you know, he's the one that's putting stuff in his briefcase and fucking stuff up. Yeah, 100%. So they, they, um, they finally sneak in. Okay, there's this moment where John Candy sits down with some cops and, yeah. and they want to, they're like, let's arrest these guys. He's like, wait, wait, wait. I want to hear him sing first. Yeah. You know, like so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So blues brothers sneak in through the women's washroom. Um, and they arrange, they sort of like through a series of signals arrange with Cab Calloway that they're going to like, okay. So introduce us. They come in, they do this great, like, you know, like theatrical entrance and everything. And, uh, and like crickets, yeah, crickets, literally crickets. I love that. Yeah. I, I think it would have been so hard, honestly, honestly, for the the crowd because like they were pretty well known at the time. Like their mm. shtick on Saturday Night Live was a big deal at the time. Yeah. So the crowd would, you know, like okay, everybody just sit there and look grim. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Well, how do you follow up Cap Calloway? Yeah, I mean, you don't. Yeah. You just don't. Okay, so then they start their second number, Everybody Needs Someone to Love, uh, originally by Solomon Burke, but they were doing the Wilson Pickett version. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the crowd is jumping. Yeah, everybody loves it. Like, and it is. It's really good. And, like, Dan Aykroyd in particular has, like, this incredible voice. Yeah, no, well, they both do. So Dan Aykroyd has this, like, really, like deep baritone. Yeah. And Jim Belushi has this sort of, like, raspy, great blues yeah. you know, deal. But Dan Aykroyd also plays the harmonica really, really yeah. well. Like, so yeah, they're, like, nice. they're actually, like, decent musicians. Um, and yeah, also, and then, of course, the backing band is just incredible. Oh, no, they, they, they got, like, the best of the best for backing bands. And, and Jim Belushi also, like, he, you know, I think he, at some point, he, he screwed up his knee. He was, like, 
on coke and, and like skateboarding and fucked up his knee right before this and so they had to like bring in somebody to like anesthetize his, his like knee so they can do his flips and shit Whoa. for these scenes yeah that, I feel like that wouldn't happen today probably for the best because yeah. like that couldn't have been good well, I, although I mean that, then I then I immediately think of Hugh Jackman like being forcibly dehydrated Ugh. to yeah. be more muscly looking Ugh, so gross anyway yeah but, no so they probably would yeah yeah so anyway, Jim Belushi and Hugh Jackman have that in common. Uh, they're hurting themselves. Wow, that was a weird thing. I know. That's a six degrees of... Uh, and then they sing their <laughs> Ode to Chicago, Sweet Home Chicago by Robert Johnson, mm. which is just like, oh Yeah. And during the song, they sort of like, ex- they, they extend it and play it out. This is when they decide to leave. So we, we yeah. imagine that they actually had a full set. This wasn't just a couple of songs. They just sort of like... Yeah. I totally would have watched a whole set, too. Yeah. Like, it, it was good. It was yeah, so yeah. fun. Um, but then, yeah, so they, they read the room, they see the number of cops. Like at this point there's cops in the aisles holding like rifles and machine guns, like cops, like on all the balconies, cops, like filling the back areas. So they sort of like, they try to sneak out and then they ask, uh, who like I don't I didn't quite get what that guy's role was. He's now like a record exe- record executive. Oh yeah, they sneak out and there's yeah a record record executive in the back. Yeah, which was like that was very Wayne's World to me. Like this sudden like magical record executive. Yeah, like, oh, I want to give you a deal. It was weird. He's like I'll give you ten thousand dollars, and they're like okay, pay at, like kudos to them. They're mm-hmm. like take this. Pay off what we owe to to like Ray's Emporium, Music Emporium, and, yeah, and give the rest all of the band. instruments and give because, the rest of the band. Yeah, yeah. so so there. I think what they did is that at some point they must have collected the 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 gate money for, for yeah the, yeah uh, to pay the taxes. Yeah, but we never actually see them do that. Do we? No, no. So whatever. No, I don't know. The gate money appears, and that's what matters. Yeah, they magically happen. Yeah. Okay, so they're sneaking out in the tunnel to, and and that's where Carrie Fisher. Yeah, finally... they like they like crawl through an electric duct into yeah. these sort of like, you know, like like the tunnels under London yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. It looks like just like yeah. these sort of gothic, like dank, dripping totally. tunnel. Anyway, and yeah, and then Carrie Fisher shows up with a machine gun. Do they ever give her a name? I don't think so. She's no. just babe. She's just yeah. yeah. She's just like a uh, disgruntled girlfriend. So then we find out. What do we find out? We found out that Carrie Fisher is here to kill the brothers because she was engaged to Jake um, and was keeping her celibacy for him. And she, she really focuses on that. Yeah. So he like literally left her at the altar. I in celibacy. At the back of a cathedral in celibacy for you. <laughs> Which like, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a Relatable. lot to do. Yeah, totally. Relatable. If I'm like, going to do that shit. Yeah. yeah. If I'm going to be celibate and then you go to jail for three years and oh you just God. fuck off and don't even like. But I don't even think he went to jail. For that, I think he just like literally fucked off, and then jail. Yeah, happened. and then jail happened. Yeah, but, like that's it. Like she's celibate, and then he leaves her at the altar, and then she's still celibate, waiting for him. Yeah, presumably. Anyway, I don't know. I Maybe don't know. I don't know. Maybe she got laid. No, because if she had gotten laid in the meantime, she probably would have gotten over it a little better. Because I would have been like. Well, that sucks, but you were probably bad in bed anyway. Uh, maybe. I don't know. That I feel like that's a little sexist, assuming that if she got laid, like, it would be so great that she would forget this terrible wrong that this person did. I mean, sure, but at the same time, like, this idea that, like, the reason that she's so pissed... I mean, the whole thing is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That she's like, gonna, yeah. like... The whole thing is, yeah, it's just, the whole thing is sexist. And then, it's, and then, like, like, it actually is a very strange, was is, this part of the SNL shtick, is that he no, has this girlfriend? No, I don't think so, no, no, no. Because that's no. a weird thing it, to it write in. It is a weird in. thing. It is a weird thing to put in. Yeah. Like, just this, I do it's wonder very that. random. Like, it's nice to see Carrie Fisher. It's nice to see Carrie Fisher holding various types of yeah. weaponry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know. So then he like falls down on his knees and he's like begging her. He's like, yeah. he's like, and he just comes up with a steal of bullshit. I ran out of gas. I, there was a flat tire. Uh, they towed my car. Uh, an old friend came into town. There's an earthquake, a flood, locusts. And then he pulls off his sunglasses for the first time. And you see his little eyes. And he yeah. just makes puppy and eyes. And he looks so young. Uh, he looks so tiny. Well, he was. He was like, I don't know, 30 then? 31? I mean, I don't know. yeah. I don't know. I'm as as a 31 year old. He looked younger than 31. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. He, he has. He's got these like tiny. And then of course she melts yeah. because I don't know. Her I only personality know. is to is revenge or love. Vindictive for him. and celibate. Or so he gets up, he grabs her, he kisses her, and then he dumps her in the mud and runs off. Yeah, and, and then she that's picks the up her, her. No, it's not. It's oh, not yeah. because she chases them. Oh yeah, that's right. But by that point, it seems like her power is is sort of diminished by the kiss. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I don't know. I don't know. And then we see Twiggy is waiting at the motel for Elwood. Yeah, Requ- and, and that's the last we see Twiggy. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and so all of a sudden, now that we've got this huge chase, yes. we've got cop cars, and it's, and it's so funny because it's like, like we have these three, we have these. So it is. They're it's, not it's even actually, in Chicago it's three anymore. women because I forgot yeah. about Twiggy, but it's oh, yeah, three yeah. women. You have um, Aretha, you have Carrie Fisher, and you have Twiggy. And it just wraps it up all nicely. You see you see Aretha one more time uh, when an orphan hands her a poster, and yeah. she's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and then yeah. you see Twiggy that last little time, and you see Carrie Fisher, and all of them, they're just sort of wrapped up really nicely yeah, in this bow. Yeah. And then put off to the side. That's it. Not important. No. Um, then we can get back to the important man stuff of fucking up all the cops, I guess. Right. And then cowboys in the Winnebago. Yeah. Uh, they quickly lose the plot and fly off into the water, which is great. Yeah. Uh, then the Nazis here on the scanner, the police scanner, which they've been monitoring what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then uh, at, at one point there was like, oh, it's later on, but they're like, it, you know, um, excessive use of for- force is authorized. <laughs> no, what is it? It's, it's un- unnecessary, unnecessary use of unnecessarily Ugh. violence. In the uh, apprehension of the Blues Brothers has, has been, been approved, approved, which is hilarious. Because which is, they don't actually so say it, but it's so like it's true. It's so on the nose. Yeah. That's what it is. So this movie had the most car crashes of any movie ever. 103 car crashes, which Whoa. was only defeated by the sequel of the Blues Brothers, which stank. It was called the Blues Brothers 2000. I think it was made in 1998. Sucked. Starring John Belushi, Jim Belushi's brother. In oh. reprising the role and, and Dan Aykroyd yeah again um, you know still like musically okay and they tried to do this but it just didn't work but they had a yeah. hundred no, car crashes like this is like this is a moment no this is a moment and the only other movie to surpass the number of car crashes in those two movies is it Fury Road no it's a G.I. Joe movie it's one of the G.I. Joe movies I didn't even know there were G.I. Joe movies. yeah there's a couple of them I know it's like so unimpressive that's Sad because in this movie the car crashes. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get into that, but the car crashes are so over the top. Like there's one, there is one scene where they literally drop a car from a helicopter. They had to get a special permit to do it. Like anyway, okay, let's keep going. So okay, but okay, but also 103. That is so much higher than my estimate. Yo, yeah, I was thinking I know. like 45 tops. Yeah. Wow. They must have done some movie magic. No, it is it is a lot of car crashes. Um, so they're 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 rolling along. Nazis are shooting at them to flight of the Valkyries. Yes, which is hilarious. Of course, because of course, so they they veer away. And from, Wagner, of course, was right? like a Nazi. I know. Like, so they, they they move away. That it, I think it's like other than the country music is the only time they veer away from blues music. Mm-hmm. 
because um, there's no like disco music or anything. It's just like they got the country mu- country music, the Patsy yeah. Cline. That's it, and then this. Yeah. Uh, now their motor blows in the blues mobile, and so yeah, they're starting a rod, a rod in the motor. Is that? I don't even know if rover motors have rods. I oh, don't know if that's a real thing. I'm sure back in the day they did. Oh, oh, I see. It's back in the day. Special police car ro- motor rod. So then know. they're okay. The blues mobile is like they're racing along an unfinished bridge, and they almost go over, but they stop just in time. And as yeah, they that reverse, was sketchy. The, the fucking car, car backflips <laughs> up into the air, like sixty feet in the air, flips up over the Nazis. The Nazis. <laughs> Fly off the bridge. Suddenly, the bridge is hundreds of feet in the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah. It's like a skyscraper. It's not a regular bridge anymore. It's like no. up in the sky. Yeah. And it's so the so car funny. is falling and falling Forever. and falling. And they have time to just like talk and like really sink in their mor- the moment oh, of their mortality. So funny. Which is a nice moment. Yeah. And then, But it's a beautiful shot. Like they actually dropped that car. Yeah, they actually dropped the car and they actually pan down with the car. Oh. And then the car hits the ground and then crashes through the asphalt. As the Bluesmobile is rounding the corner onto that street, the Bluesmobile flies over the hole and then the other Nazi car that's chasing them falls into the hole on top of the first Nazi car. We just assume they bit it. Yeah. Like Nazi, those Nazis are dead. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's a nice time. Okay, so then there's this really interesting scene where they crash into the Richard Daly Center. Okay, so they had to, this also, they had to set this up. They had to get permission to do this, because this is like a historic building. Wait, is that is that the, the building, the tax assessor building? This was before the tax, they kind of like go through it and then around to the tax assessment office. Okay, okay. So they bust into this like historic building. And so this is a little bit of like, uh, you know, like, late 70s Chicago politics because when they were at Shea Paul remember he's talking he's like no Mayor Daly doesn't dine here anymore because he's dead and that's Richard yeah. Daly was who this building was named after <laughs> so I don't know his politics but probably he sucked because politicians fucking and also suck, right? Chicago yeah, politicians yeah, 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 are, right? yeah. so apparently they, they had to get permission to go through there and then they ended up like just that one little scene of them driving in uh, like they, they wrecked a bunch of like stuff that they had to pay for. But it was like this kind of like big deal that they set up there. Like, no, we really want to drive into this building. Yeah. Like, I, I'm trying to think of like, you know, what would be an analogy here? Like, where would you want, you'd be like, I don't care what it costs. I have to fuck up this building. Like Canada Place. Oh man. 100%. Totally. Yeah. Like, I need to crash through the RCMP recruiting center in Canada Place. Right. So they're making all sorts of, like, like sort of, like, in-jokes about Chicago politics, too, at right. the time, which, you know, you would have to actually do some research to figure it yeah. out. Yeah. Or, yeah, or be, you know, in your 50s and having grown up in Chicago, I <laughs> yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, so they rip out, and they're outside of the tax assessment building, and this is part, uh, the, they, they stop the Bluesmobile, which has been through so much, and the Bluesmobile collapses and it apparently falls apart they had to have somebody somebody worked on this for months oh god because to to make it like yeah there were multiple blues mobiles that they used throughout the shooting but right. this one somebody just sat there for months to figure out a way for that one scene to happen right yeah you'd have to because so it, cool. it is it's like it's seamless yeah yeah it's beautiful yeah and then you get this one shot of this just like statue that looks so judgmentally down on them as this happens. Yeah. And it's just a split second, but I just like Mm -hmm. laughed out loud. It's so funny. And then it gets uber ridiculous. We got the army showing up. We got these guys. There was like like a solid, like seven to 10 minutes of just cops and military mobilization, like pouring into this, like literal tanks and shit. And who were the hut hut guys? 
they were, they were all saying hut 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 yeah but like not, the army not all, was really cops was, oh yeah everybody was like when the army's like crawling up they're like going to stand on the police cars and they oh got their like AKs out so funny and I think it's just like making fun of cops like yeah oh my god there was this other thing that I that I noticed that I loved okay so this is totally nerdy um okay so remember when the cop car with the original cops and John Candy. Yeah. Okay. So they crash. Um, and I don't remember, I think they crash into the Winnebago or I don't know. They crash into No, They crash into a, like a semi truck. Yeah. And then, yeah, they're, and then they're like, in, we're and they're in like, a truck. This is car. This is car 55. And I was, I was like, oh, so when I was little, I used to watch Nick at night with that satellite, uh, that used to point at the pornographic part of the sky. Yeah. And there was this series, this black and white series called Car 54, Where Are You? And I always thought that this was like, this was like a joke. Like it was all yeah. about this like cop car, car, car 54. And I was like, haha, they're like, we're car 55. And I don't know if that's like true, if they were hmm. referencing that, but given the age of the people involved, probably. Yeah. So, and whatever. also, yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, not really, but like, I was like, hee okay. It's a little Easter egg for you. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, the Blues Brothers are on the elevator forever. Yeah. And yeah, so they go there. They found the Cook County Assessor's Office. That's where they need to go. They're on the elevator. The cops are pouring in. Just in the hundreds. in. Uh, firemen. Like yeah, police. Every, state troopers. Everybody. Like Chicago like, police. Sure National Guard. Yeah. I'm sure, Yeah. Um, you know, and they're, they're running up the stairs because they're not going to wait for the elevator that the Blues Brothers are on, but it's the 11th floor. So they've, they've got a little time. The Blues Brothers automatically barricade themselves into the assessor's office, um, managed to write the check and to Steven Spielberg, who is playing the part of his Steven Spielberg. Again. Yes. Of the oh, county wow. assessor. Yeah. Uh, give him the check. He, he stamps the receipt. The orphanage is saved. And they turn around, and there are hundreds of guns. Hundreds, them. yeah. Like the whole room is full of people with rifles pointing at, the pointing at them. And the next scene is they're singing Jailhouse Rock in, in jail. jail with the whole band. With behind them, the, the the remember there was this. Oh yeah, it's never too late to mend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the whole band. I don't know why the whole band was in. I've always wondered about that. Were I they just visiting? No, I think it's aiding and abetting. Oh, damn. Because you got to remember, it's not about whether or not you actually did oh. anything wrong. It's yeah. certainly not about whether or not you did anything, I shouldn't say wrong, I should say illegal. Yeah, yeah, Whether yeah. or not you did anything illegal on purpose. <sighs> that sucks, man. It's about what they get. Yeah, I mean, you're going to mobilize that many armed Yeah, you're going to fucking fascists. throw it at everybody. They're going to be in there for life. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, like, is this a good outcome? I mean, if you if you think about their, like, their mission... As being the most important thing, so they had to pay that yeah. off. I mean, it is a mission from God. Yeah, it so does. presumably. But oh my God, they martyred themselves. They're all they <laughs> did. They're all in jail. They're yep. all in jail. Yeah, including the people that never asked for it, agreed yep. to it, didn't even really know what was going on. Yeah, yeah. The justice system at work. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So, what are we going to rate this out of? Uh, I think we said Bluesmobiles because the Bluesmobile does so much heavy lifting throughout yeah, the film. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'll start, obviously. Okay, but okay, what's the rating system? Uh, the rating system is one sucks. Yeah. And five is great. Yeah. That and you can give simple. it the cook'em rating because yeah. you're cooking now. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I give this the cook'em rating. I think this is the best mm. movie ever. Uh, although, you know, I mean, like, is it the best movie ever made? No. Is it the best movie in my life? Yes. Is this a movie that I would share with everyone? Obviously, because I am. I would, I would, I would want everybody to watch this movie, if only to be like, "Wow, 
I'm going to go listen to Aretha Franklin and Ray Charles and John Lee Hooker and fucking Wilson Pickett and every other reference in this movie and just like go and live your best life. Um, you know, were, were the Blues Brothers so incredible and everything? No. Was the amount of fucking cops that got fucked up great? Yes. Was the amount of Nazis that got fucked up great? Yes. Would I want everybody's cook'em to see Nazis get their due, cops get their due, and like just really great music? Yes. Cook'em rating, it's like it's like 11 out of 5. Nice. Um, I think I'm going to give this a 4. I love the movie. Wow. I know. I love the movie the whole way through. I had a great time watching it. I laughed. I shrieked a little bit. Um, I I gave significant looks of glee and joy to Chelsea when I recognized people that I knew of. Um, is this is this how you felt when I rescinded my original rating of Jesus Christ Superstar? Because I just feel so betrayed right now. You feel betrayed? I'm so surprised. Four out of five. Four to five. Well, okay. So here, here is why it doesn't how get five. Is because of the sexism in the film. Yes. I'm just ignoring all that. Yeah. I know, which, like, sometimes you gotta do that. I know. Sometimes Sometimes it's just. Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes it's just the way you just gotta be like, wow. Because here, here, okay. So, you know, I think you you accurately portrayed my assessment of perhaps Carrie Fisher is still celibate and that's part of the reason why she's still so bitter. Mm -hmm. Definitely sexist. But Mm -hmm. the reason that I think about this is because. It's a sexist film. It's a sexist film and and also because the movie makes a point of demonstrating that she is still alone and then th- like mm-hmm. thus presumably mm-hmm. is not moved on with her life in yeah. any sense including the sexual sense yeah yeah right and i think you know the fact that like yeah the movie is is taking up the, these various stereotypes yes. of women yeah and then also like particularly with the role of carrie fisher sort of like driving it home in that way yeah. although i do love her character because like i love a woman who knows her way around artillery a bazooka and a, f- a flamethrower yeah 100%. for sure and bombs and yeah yeah but so i like the appropriate sequel for the Blues Brothers would be the Blues Brothers 2, Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. versus the cops. Oh, I think that needs to be... And doesn't end up in jail, but the cops yeah. end up defunded, 100%. deplatformed, de-jobbed, yeah. de-life. And then also does like sort of like has that James Bond thing where she has sort of like these like Carrie Fisher men that she gets with mm-hmm. throughout the mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think uh, that's what I need um, in your life. See, this is why somebody sense. just needs to give us money, yeah, to make just, the movie that Métis in Space would yeah, make to, a, to a bring all the joy. Initially, large bags of money, I think, would go a long way. We will accept. We will write that 800-page script that somebody else can fix up. Yeah, two weeks before filming. Yeah, I love that. That actually is is sort of the ideal editing process. Yeah, here's yeah. my tome. Yeah, and uh, you make it workable. You make it good, and just keep the drugs line in the budget. Sounds awesome. Yeah. All right. Thank you for being with us here on Open Sua Escueva Kitsi Kitsi Golf Meti in Space. 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 Open Sua Escueva Kitsi Kitsi Golf Meti.